computer isn't charging. I just Uh-oh. realized. I know. I'll make sure it's plugged in. We're fine. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Except for that one time when you were like, it's going to be fine. And we did the whole episode. And then you were like on 1% battery. Oh, my gosh. The panic that was in my heart uh-huh. when that well, happened. And then like, you know, just like with your phone, it starts doing stuff really slow when there's only like 1% left. Yes. So I kept seeing you in like these weird choppy like pieces and I had to do the whole goodbye by myself and it was like super fast and rushed and awkward. (laughs) It was ridiculous. It's like right behind me too, the plug. Oh, of course. We're going to see how this goes. Well, cool. Um, So (laughs) I'll fill you guys in on some fun, like, uh, it's gossip. Like, let's be real. It's gossip. (laughs) But, um, and I, part of me is like, I feel bad that this happened, but the other part of me is like, well, it's out there now. So someone from the I-Nen-I-Nen set released a video while they were filming mm-hmm. where Hande went and visited him on set. And I was like, oh, we love supportive coworkers who just support their coworkers in their <laughs> other projects. That is amazing. What a good friend she is. What a nice coworker she is. Um, it was when they were filming like the New Year's Eve episode too. So this was like last month in December. And, okay. um, and it was, it was Nil who's like, oh, Hande's here. And Karem goes, nay. And it's like really cute. And she's like walking in and with her friend and stuff. And so it just made me laugh because like two weeks ago, everyone was talking about, you know, how she must have visited the set because they both had the same Starbucks cups. And I was like, literally millions of people have the same Starbucks cups. You guys are all out of your minds. Like, of <laughs> there are Starbucks everywhere. But then, like, Kristen had, trying to be reasonable to and, the fandom. And then it had been like proven, though, like, because she had posted a picture and then deleted a picture, but you could see the background was the same as the background where they were filming I N I N that day. And then, and then Nil, um, and then Nil, like, had been stopped by the paparazzi and asked like if Honda had been on set and she just very casually was like yeah really quickly like she said hi and like it was really I don't even think I saw I don't even think I got to see her though like it was just a quick stop by and she left like it was just very matter of fact Mm -hmm. so then of course that put everyone into a tailspin because they're like um because they're like see she really was like you know it just oh my gosh it was it was just too much and Anyways, I just cracked up because then they released that thing today with um with the set uh video. But then I was part of, part of me was like, okay, obviously all of us who are like, oh, Han care, Han care, Han care, like it's adorable. But then the other part of me is like, but come on, like person, you work on a set where you clearly know like there are rules. And yeah. like you you know, obviously that was from an episode that was filmed like well over a month ago now. Mm-hmm. So it was clearly kept on the DL for a reason, like, and then for um, I don't know if like you know a paparazzi paid them for it or what, you know, or if they mm-hmm. just decided to post it. But um, yeah, but of course it got taken down from the original source. But this is the internet, so it is. Oh yeah, it doesn't it matter. It's all over. Nothing Twitter. is lost on no, the internet. No, that's why you have to be very careful what you post. It's so true. Um. But yeah, anyways, so that like happened this morning and I was like dying because the girls that I chat with were like, where is Kristen? And they're like, she's probably sleeping. Like, 
so funny. Like, when she wakes up, she's going to see all this. And anyways, so, um, yeah. And then uh, I just wanted to also, housekeeping-wise, remind everyone that we have those lovely, wonderful subtitles. Uh, we will, of course, link the website in our episode notes. Um, I used those subtitles to watch the episode yesterday. Um, and yeah, no shock, it made all the difference because of the wonderful quality of these lovely subtitles. So yeah. again, a big thank you and a shout out to our anonymous friend. So um, other than that, I don't think I have any like fun stories or anything for you other than my power went out yesterday like at 9 a.m. and I had to pack up all my stuff because I was like, oh, I'll go, I'll get, I'll watch the episode. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, oh, I haven't downloaded it yet to put the subs mm-hmm. on it, which I can't do without internet, which I only have when there's power. Right. And even if it had been downloaded, my laptop battery is probably not going to last the entirety of me watching and like taking notes. Right. So I was like, okay, well, I'll give it just a little, you know, where you're like, okay, I'll give it a little bit and I'll wait because I don't want to get all packed up. And then what if it like comes back on in 20 minutes and now I'm like packed up to go to my parents. Right. Well, I like kept doing that, kept doing that. And then it was like after 12 and I'm like, okay, it's been three hours. Like mm. this clearly isn't happening. So packed up, got to my, went to my parents. And then like half an hour later, I got the text from the power company <laughs> that was like, of course. your power has been restored. And I was like, well, now I'm here for the day. I brought all my stuff with me, the dogs with me, my whole yeah. setup at the table. But it's just funny because like <laughs> my parents like asked me all these questions. Oh my gosh. I can imagine. <laughs> And like so my dad, funny. my dad has always been really like interested about the podcast. Like, you know, I've told you in the past how he's like, you guys should be on YouTube and you guys should mm-hmm. do videos and all this stuff. And um, but then my mom's like, and I'm trying to be nice by I'm wearing headphones while I watch so that they're not having to listen to like the loud Turkish voices in the middle of the house. Well, and there's a lot of yelling in this episode. <laughs> right. So. so I was wearing headphones while watching so then my mom, like, there's a couple times, like, my mom's standing behind me and, like, reading the subs and, like, watching it and then, like, asking me a question. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, like, she kind of knew. She was like, wait, wait. She's like, we don't like her, though, right? Isn't she, like, the blonde snake? And I was like, oh, are you stalking our social media, mom? Because she, like, knew Celine was, like, bad. Um, and, yeah. And then it was just ridiculous because then when she's like, well, wait, what's happening here? And I'm like, well, he has him like just explaining it you out of context. Explain. Yeah. Well, but, like, well, let me give you the backstory of 29 episodes. Yeah. But like it was just funny because when I'm just explaining these little snippets out of context, it sounds so ridiculous because I'm like, oh, for sure. I'm like, well, he has amnesia right now because he was in a plane crash because he had to like make an emergency <laughs> trip on his wedding day. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> maybe if the writers were just to like, plain speak their plot lines (laughs) maybe it would just kind of snap them out of it and they'd be like uh i don't know about this it was so i'm like because i'm like hearing myself say it and of course it all makes sense to me because you know we've been in this for you know the last 30 some odd weeks Mm -hmm. and all this stuff and yeah and i'm like well and i said and of course like this woman's all he remembers because he lost the last year of his life and um i was like but I was like, I'm pretty sure she's, like, making it worse and, like, poisoning him mentally and physically. Like, so it's just really bad. Like, it's really bad. It, But just hearing myself say it in that tiny snippet, I was like, oh, my gosh. I sound I sound like a crazy person. It sounds, it sounds like a soap opera. 
Well, so she said, she was like, oh, so like the telenovelas I used to watch like when you were in high school. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I was, she's like, so these Turkish shows are like Turkish soap operas. And I was like, well, no, not all of them. Like this is yeah. a, I was like, this is a rom-com, believe it it's or not. To be. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so it took me even extra, extra long to get it watched yesterday. But oh, man. But it was, it was fine. Um, so yeah that's like my i guess funny story to tell that's my little <laughs> anecdote before we dive in um do you have anything <laughs> i mean i wasn't i wasn't trying I to bait you i really was no, just like maybe you have I a know. funny she's like maybe she wants to bring this up i don't even <laughs> i kept going back and forth i was telling Kristen yesterday i was like i don't know if i should say this on the podcast i don't even know and it's uh, part of me is like I shouldn't even be vague because then that's just more infuriating. <laughs> but basically, we w- <laughs> we had a crazy day yesterday. I was like, it was so crazy. I was so glad that I started my note taking watch the On night Tuesday. before mm-hmm. because if I had tried to do it just last night in one shot, I was already exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, we just had an incident. My husband well, and and I had an incident yeah. on the freeway in California with some furniture that we were picking up from my aunt, and it was it was just crazy. Yeah, so. you can you all can connect the dots from there. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't. I was like, I don't even know if I want to talk about this. Yeah, it was just crazy. Um, but so I had a pretty wild day yesterday. Um, yeah. And oh, now yeah. I'm sleeping on an air mattress. So <laughs> poor Ashley. <laughs> you guys, she's she. This is how dedicated she is. We're number one still recording today because oh, she did gosh. finish the episode last night. I, oh, I did. And uh, and I she's, was like ready. To, I just was ready to go to bed. I was like, I just want to go home. We came home. We we picked up food on our way home. We came home. We ate. And Eric, like, passed out. He was so tired. And I was like, I just want to lay down and go to sleep, but I have to finish the episode. We could have totally postponed if you, like, weren't. We could have. We could have. But I was like, I only had maybe 40 minutes left. Oh, so you got a good chunk of it done. Mm -hmm. I did. And I purposefully did because I was thinking, okay, we're going to go pick up that furniture. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a long day. We're going to have to come back and set everything up. I moved around our whole room. I rearranged all of my books and stuff. Mm. So I was, I you know, that physical exertion, of course, mm-hmm. kind of tires you out. But um, then things changed. So um, yeah, <laughs> just kind of wild. But I'm glad you guys are okay and that everyone else is okay. Everybody, everything, yeah. nobody was injured. Thank God. Um, that is my only. We're yeah. Yeah, that's that's the main takeaway. Everybody is okay. Yes, everybody's okay. And Ashley is sitting on an air mattress recording a podcast yep. for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's my weird Yes, anecdote. your weird anecdote. Um, so before we like fully dive in, I actually – I need to pull up the email. I should have mm. pulled it up already. But because as most of you know, Ashley and I did separately, but we – we did our own like live reactions while um, watching the um, excuse me while watching the episode for the first time because we both missed the live watch right and so um, 
you know, when I watched late, late, late Saturday night into like the 4 a.m. hour of Sunday morning, um, I did reactions on Instagram. Ashley did hers on Monday, I think it was. Yeah, that sounds right. That's when um, I was finally able to sit down and watch it. And just like watch it all the way through. Mm -hmm. And so we did live reactions. And I, you know, and I I gave this disclaimer already because I have noticed that when I – when I watch for the first time versus when I'm watching for the podcast, certain my perspective might change on certain things. I oh, will totally. feel, you know, I'll feel differently about something. I might well, get. It's easy to have an emotional, visceral reaction to stuff yes. when you're watching the episode for the first time. Yes, absolutely. And so sometimes I either am further cemented in that initial emotional reaction, or mm-hmm. I'm a few days removed. It's not, you know fresh it's not that like you guys i swear i know this is fictional i promise like i promise we know that this is not real life um anyways but yeah so i always say like i'm it's not that i'm being a hypocrite if what i say on the podcast next week is entirely different than what i'm saying tonight it just means i've given it more thought or whatever so my initial takeaway with because i don't know we can do this a little bit differently today in that i kind of want to address the two elephants in the room before we like uh, dive into it. I'm fine with that. And one of the main ones was Sarah, obviously Sarah Khan's memory loss. Right. And the fact that I, my initial reaction was I, I wasn't ever mad at him for the memory loss. It was very clear that he's being manipulated by Celine. I mean, he oh, yeah. he's been isolated by her. Yep. Um, did you even notice when he's like, I'm ready to go back to Istanbul and let's just, I want to deal with the rest of this because I'm not, nothing, staying here isn't helping me put things together. Mm-hmm. She is very like, oh, um, okay, sure, whatever you want. Like, you can tell yeah. she does not want to go back to Istanbul. No, she's really hesitant. She wants to keep him under her control. Right. Because she's very clear. Yep, yep. Because she has isolated him and able to manipulate him. And then when he says, okay, but before we do, can we please go over that Edda situation again Mm -hmm. that you told me. So Mm -hmm. clearly she has fed him a very specific uh, narrative about who Edda has been in his life. So we already know he's getting fed lies. We already know, you know, when you're just isolated by someone anyways, much less in a vulnerable state where you actually are missing pieces of yourself. Yeah, he he had – a head injury. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about medical stuff or personality stuff with medical stuff, a head injury is a big deal. It's a big deal and there can be huge repercussions from a head injury, like life-changing, personality-changing. Most often when things happen to a person and it's a head injury, that's when you will see significant right. shifts and changes in their personality. Sometimes it, sometimes it's just a really bad result. Right. And I wasn't thinking about that. And you know what? I realized too, I never really thought about that when it happened in EK either, you know, with her whole – right. Oh, not, me either. Not my John. Not my John. He wouldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, I had that same visceral reaction when it came to Sarkhan. Like, mm-hmm. I understood most of his reaction. And let me just say off the top, too, Karem and Hande both absolutely killed it this episode. Oh, they did great. And I feel like she specifically carried this entire episode on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like, so I just want to throw that I out agree there. with that. But, you know, my initial visceral reaction was, and I think even maybe you might have had some of this. 
was like, okay, I understand the robot thing. I understand even him being like, listen, like I'm not, I don't remember any of this. So while mm-hmm. this happened for you, it did not happen for me. Like, right. please try to understand that. Like I'm meeting you for the first time today. And even with him, like, so I understand that like detachment of like, mm-hmm. you know, when she's upset and crying and he's like looking at his watch and I'm like, you know, because right. he doesn't have an emotional connection to this person. So her being no, so, so upset. And he, just, yeah, and everybody else around him is really upset for her. And he's like, guys, you need to mm-hmm. just chill be, and you need to understand. Right. I don't know her. Right. And so, you know, I, I was pretty understanding about all of that. But I like was like, no, because, you know, if he only lost the last year of his life, then this Sercon, even that Sercon wasn't cruel, you know, like because there were times where I was like, he is just being cruel to her. Hmm. Like when she confronts him at the house later, you know, which of course we'll get into that when we get there. But like I was like, he was just being unnecessarily cruel. And that's not Sercon. Like Sercon's not unnecessarily cruel. Like even when, hmm. even with their first, um, meeting when she was the one that handcuffed them and it was her fault they had wrist injuries from those handcuffs like he sent her a first aid kit like and that was when he supposedly hated her and like you know and so but you know number one hate is still a very different feeling from indifference yes and again like head injuries are more than he's not just going to be quote exactly who he was a year ago just because all he lost was one year of his memory and that's what i wasn't really connecting and Mm -hmm. So I talked to this very sweet girl who um, very willingly shared a chunk of her story with us. And, you know, and she has said, like, it's not easy for me to talk about this kind of stuff. But she's like, I also think it's important seeing because there were a lot of people who were like pissed at Sarah Mm. And, you know, and I kind of fell into that for with a certain portion of it, you know, right. like, like I just explained. It's easy for your emotions to get tied up into it. You just want them to be together mm-hmm. and you want to blame somebody or something. Right. So while pretty much I have always pinned this on Celine because of yeah. what she's clearly doing, yeah, you know, I was just like, but he's being so cruel and like he wants people to understand him, but he's not even understanding her that she technically lost an entire year of her life too. Only she can remember it. Like, you know, but imagine literally having a blank space in your head. Yeah. That everyone else is trying to fill in for you. Yeah. That you literally cannot or you yeah. only can in these random weird flashes. Yeah. And so, anyways, so all that to be said, she. I said, well, would you be – because I chatted with her a bit on Twitter and I was like, thank you because honestly seeing some of the stuff you wrote, just these snippets, like already is giving me a different perspective on how I initially was feeling about Sarkhan and his, quote, cruelty. Hmm. So watching it this time after having read her letter, I had a – I had much more of an understanding for him than I think I even did the first time. So I just wanted to read what she wrote just so if it would help anyone else – because, you know, traumatic brain injuries are real things. So I yes. feel like this is even helpful if you're dealing – if there's – if you ever come across or have someone in your life who something like this happens to, um, mm-hmm. this could be helpful information. Yeah. Good. So uh, so her name is uh, Ninel, or that's her nickname. That's what she – that's one of her nicknames her friends gave her. So she says, Merhaba to Dizzy for Dizzy podcast listeners and to Iki Guzeli, Kristen, and Ashley. Oh, so sweet. She says, so we're about to touch a very delicate topic that caused many controversial takes. So let me tell you just a little bit about the inner workings of the case Sarah Khan's currently going through. 
This is based on my own experience and by no means am I comparing our situations, but as we're both victims who suffered an accident and both had to bear its consequences on our back. I'll try to keep it short, but I'm going to tell you the background of my story. I suffered a car accident four years ago where I unfortunately lost my dad and got a very serious spinal injury that still prevents me from walking. Uh, And she says, and I'm here, I'm stopping with the background and moving to the main thing, the side effects of all of this. I was only 15, though I was quite mature for my age. But to tell you the truth, age really doesn't matter as a person can't control the outburst of emotions and reactions that come afterwards from something like this. Mm. PTSD is no joke and should be considered a serious issue. I think that most people who couldn't understand Serkan's actions have never faced such circumstances and may not know anyone who's actually faced them and may nobody ever have to face these. She's like wishing that nobody has to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean people aren't supposed to understand others' pains and sufferings. This is the key. What I lived through was hell and so draining in emotional, mental, and psychological senses that I'm still recovering. My behavior wasn't the best, but no one judged me as pretty much everyone understood the reason. I was rude. I was cold. I was even aggressive. And it was all coming from the anger and fury of injustice. I couldn't believe that this had happened to me and my family. I couldn't accept the reality. I couldn't stand the fact that I wasn't able to do basic things, like I couldn't walk, I couldn't sit, I couldn't move my legs, I couldn't minister, I couldn't minister to my basic needs. My brain, that was also uh, slightly damaged, didn't manage to control anything, but it also didn't seem that I was trying to do it because I never thought about that at the moment. In fact, in this state, I didn't have time to consider my actions or my words. I was too occupied by questioning my existence. I was so lost in pain that I couldn't think about anyone or anything else. That sounds very egotistic, but I was hurt. Yeah. I was picturing the moment of the accident in my imagination. I couldn't help it. And even even though I knew I was hurting myself even more. But those flashbacks weren't my will, but rather the will of my subconscious that was trying to connect the dots and figure out what had happened. I often remember the last time I saw my dad. Well, the, the way my mom tells me. Honestly, though, I don't remember that moment and I wanted to. Mm. It was right before we had surgeries. I was having nightmares. I had trouble with falling asleep when I came back home because I was, um, I was smelling the hospital in my bedroom. I couldn't properly talk to anyone or better say I had no desire to talk to anyone. I felt that no one could actually tell me anything worthy. No one could console me or cheer me up. My face was emotionless. I was like a stone. And I didn't even and I didn't even intend to share everything that was eating me up inside with anybody. I was bearing it all on my own. It's not the best option, but it was my way. I distanced myself. I locked myself up. The mental state of a person who was shaken up by such an event is so fragile that it's very easy to twist her or him around your finger. Mm-hmm. That person cannot act reasonably. He or she isn't ready to. So whether, so he or she let others decide and act for them. But most importantly, that person seeks something safe, something that's a refuge, something that seems calm, something that seems familiar. So if anybody can offer and provide any of those things, that person literally becomes becomes a stooge because he or she blindly believes in the good intentions of those who are by their side in these difficult times. I know it because I was brainwashed and manipulated alongside with my mom and sister. We were under the influence of one family that was pretending to help and to care, but in fact was taking advantage of us while we were at our lowest. 
They set us against some of our friends and relatives, making us believe that they were the bad guys. They made us even think differently. I don't know where we would have been if we eventually hadn't realized that because we were absolutely different people and I was a different person. Reminiscing on those days, I can't believe I said some of the horrible things or acted awfully because never ever in my senses I would I have said or done some of these things. Uh, sometimes I blame myself. I feel so guilty because I was like a burden. I hurt people. But then I say to myself, stop, it wasn't really you. It was the traumatized and damaged you. Now it seems like I was, quote, unconscious at that time, which is mm-hmm. interesting because even Edda says it's like Sarah asleep. Yeah. Um, she says, but it was inevitable. We can be hurt physically, um, but our brain, our mental health, they're hurt too. And both cases are very difficult to heal. It takes a lot of time. I'm still recovering. I can still be unstable emotionally. I still haven't fully recovered physically. My life was turned upside down, as were the lives of the people around me. But we're on this path and we're walking it together. She says, I'm sorry if it ended up too long. I think I still missed some details, but I try to make people see this side of the problem so they can maybe understand Sercon or other people in general who have suffered an accident, memory loss, PTSD, etc. I hope it helps. And last but not least, let me send uh, to all of you a big hug and many kisses and wish you and your loved ones health and happiness always. Take care, stay safe, be kind and empathetic. Hmm. I, I'm so glad that she sent us that. I'm very grateful because I, and I, and I had told her like, if you're not comfortable with it, like this is very personable. It per- is personal. personal. Um, and you know, she, cause she was just tweeting little snippets of things on Twitter. It wasn't, you know, right. so I DM'd her and basically just had thanked her for that because even those were making me see things differently from my initial reaction. And so I just said, if that's something you would be comfortable with, like if you want to write something up that I can share on the podcast, cause maybe if other people are feeling this way and she right. immediately was like, yes, I would love to, I'd be honored. Like, yes, it's hard, but I think this is something important. For wow. people to have an understanding. Because how many of us really have dealt with traumatic brain injuries in our lives? Most people probably have not. No. No. And, you know, even e- there, there's just certain things that until you've experienced it or until you know somebody who has experienced it, there's no way to really un- truly understand or describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been through anything nearly that traumatic or Mm -hmm. life-changing but I have had I have dealt with daily pain in my Mm -hmm. own life and that is its own specific struggle so Mm -hmm. some of the things she was saying about you know the physical frustration I know like a fraction of what Mm -hmm. she's talking about obviously that's I don't even want to compare our situations but um I just think being able to listen to somebody else's perspective Mm -hmm. for her to share that and for us to be able to even just try to understand that Mm -hmm. will make a huge difference in how we view something Mm -hmm. like what Sarah Khan is going through. Right. Um, So I, I feel like that was really important Mm because yeah, you want, you want to blame something, you want to blame somebody and it's easy to be like, well, Sarah Khan isn't acting like himself What's wrong? You know, why mm-hmm. Why is he doing this? Why is he hurting Eda? Why is yeah. he blah, blah, blah? And to kind of put the blame on him. Right. When he is as much a victim in this whole situation as anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And Celine is the one who deserves to take all of the blame mm-hmm. with all of this. 
I don't believe that Serkan really deserves any of the blame. Mm-hmm. And I don't really believe that Ida deserves no. any of the blame. They're I, both victims. Idon gets to share some of the blame too, in my opinion. But Sure, for <laughs> being being secretive and mm-hmm. um, being complicit with Celine. Yeah. Because she certainly could be like, look, I'm your mom and I know that you're comfortable with Celine, but I've known you my whole life and I'm a little bit worried about what's going on here. Yep. I mean, hopefully something like that. I, I don't know. I would hope that she would stand up in I the know. next episode for for her son. Yeah. But who knows? Anyway, I could just ramble, but mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm really thankful that she shared that with us. Me too. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for doing that. It yeah, like I said, it really gave me great perspective. And well, mm-hmm. yes, it initially just gave me perspective on a fictional thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's going to serve to help just with empathy in, you know, not even necessarily a memory loss situation, but someone right. who's been through something traumatic, yep. you know, because, yeah, it is easy to say like, okay, yeah, but they they still know who they were for the last 29 of those 30 years. So why are they acting so different? Like, right. you know, but yeah, like trauma changes you, mm-hmm. whether you have all the memories of that trauma or not. Like, right. um, so – yeah, so thank you so much for being vulnerable and being willing to allow us to share your story yes. on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah. So so that's one elephant in the room out of the way, the whole <laughs> memory loss, all that. I mean, we kind of already knew because of the fragments and everything. But um, the, the second thing I just want to address from the get-go is the fact that it was revealed that Idon absolutely knew this entire time that Serkan was alive. And that also gave me an entirely different perspective on the way she was acting up until that's revealed mm-hmm. um, because it just I, – I, I'm really angry at whoever made this call. Mm. Like whoever was like, hey, you know what we should do? We should have Idon in on this and knowing yeah. about it because yeah. it is to- – in a matter of seconds, it was absolute character assassination. She – I would have expected this from early episode Idon. Because she was Team Celine. Yes. And I would have expected this from even episode, maybe episode 12 or 13, Idon, who even though her son's with Edda, she doesn't agree with it. She still mm-hmm. thinks Celine is best. So mm-hmm. I would expect something like that from her. Like, oh, here's my chance. Okay, Celine, you keep him and take care of him while he's recovering and blah, blah, blah. I yeah. would expect that from her. Yeah. Um, And I feel like it would almost be then she would still be possibly redeemable at that point from – doing that because then maybe seeing having her eyes more open to Celine and how awful she is and then seeing how much Edda actually loves her son being like what the heck did I do this was a terrible mistake Mm -hmm. she already knows how much Edda loves her son she claims to love Edda as much as her son loves Edda right she claims that Edda is like a daughter to her yeah she Edda has helped her through so much Mm -hmm. um she claims that she knows that she truly believes that Serkan and Edda belong together. Yes. But her actions Mm -hmm. are certainly not lining up with that. And the fact that (laughs) – I mean, how betrayed would you feel? Can you imagine how Edda feels in that moment? And And not only is she she just finding this out, but it's Celine who gleefully drops this little bomb. Yes. Yep. And the the thing is with that, so it's Celine that drops this. And now there are people out there who are like, yeah, but Idon doesn't necessarily know everything Celine has done. And while it doesn't you, matter. Here's the thing. You're correct, but she knows enough. 
She knows that Sarah Khan and Celine were not on good terms when she left. That's very yeah. evident by the cordial manner that she speaks to her at that party when she says goodbye. It's everything gets somber and she's like, Celine, you know, okay, I wish you well. And she's like, Sarah Khan, here she is. Like, say goodbye. It, she's not like, Celine, I'm so sad you're going and blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. she knows that Celine has pulled crap. She may not know all of it, but even like when that photographer thing and he's all good looking and all that. And even Idon's like, ugh, Celine, ugh. Like, she yeah. knows that she was doing stuff to try to tear Ed Sarah apart. Yeah. So while she might not know of the restaurant incident, while she, you know, she had to have known, she definitely knows about um, the way Celine burst in and spilled the beans about Edda's parents because mm-hmm. Sarah Khan then went over and, you know, ripped his his own par- parents apart yep. after that. Um, you know, so it's like she knew enough that it made absolutely no sense for her character to trust her son to stay with Celine. It ma- so and uh, yeah, and I'm not even mad at Idon. I'm mad at the way. I mean, I am mad at Idon, the character for doing this, but right. I'm just mad because it's like this You're is mad not at the choice. Yes, I'm mad at the choice because <laughs> the it's storytelling choice. It's not at all consistent with her character, yeah. and she doesn't have memory loss as an excuse to not be consistent. Like, and the the lame excuse they have her give, like, "Well, I already lost one son, and so if this one had asked me to die, I would have." Yeah. Okay, listen, you no, because this son has a brain injury; he cannot think for himself. Yeah, and you should full know, full well know that he would not, in his right mind, want. The woman he loves, much less all of his best friends on top of that, to suffer for mm-hmm. two months thinking that he is dead, mm-hmm. locking herself in her room, refusing to eat or drink. Mm-hmm. That was mentioned. Like, it just, it, it's, you know, it would make so much more sense to me mm-hmm. if, because she has lost a son, mm-hmm. if her reaction we're the complete opposite. Yes. Where she is like, no, I'm coming over yes. there right I'm now. I'm flying to Slovenia. I'm flying straight to you. I'm telling Eda where you are. If you want me to tell her not to come, that's fine. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to respect your wishes. Right. But I am coming to see you. I am coming to take care of you. She would want him to be next to him as mm-hmm. much as humanly possible because she has already lost yep. one son. Yep. That to me makes so much more sense. Like you hear about families losing a child mm-hmm. and then the remaining child, it they become like helicopter parents right, because right. it there's this this fear, this mm-hmm. trauma again, absolutely, absolutely that they've gone through. So that makes so much more sense to me because it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. we, you know, we've already lost one kid. What if we lose another one? Right. So for her to be like, well, I'll just do whatever he wants me to do. No, he's not okay. Right. <laughs> he's exactly. not thinking rationally and you no. need to help him as his mother Absolutely. to walk through this with somebody that he should trust, mm-hmm. his mother, mm-hmm. not his ex who left her fiance because she still had hope to get back with him right. while he was clearly in love with somebody else. Right. So it, it just – it doesn't make any sense and it was a really bad bad choice in yeah, my opinion i agree i agree um so i just was like yeah i want to get that out because i want to be able to dissect all of idon's actions with us knowing that mm-hmm. because watching it this time i was like well i had way more understanding for sarah Khan's, quote cruelty that i can't even call cruelty now because he's really that's not what he's doing right. it is it is cruel to edda because she's suffering but right it, he's not willingly making that choice right. um and so while it may it gave me much better perspective with him, 
mm-hmm. it gave me an entirely different perspective watching her and the things she was yeah. saying and doing where I'm like, you freaking know this whole time. Like, yep. and it's just not okay what you allowed everyone who loves him to go through because a mentally ill man asked you to. Mm-hmm. And then we're supposed to also believe that you stayed thousands of miles away from him. Yeah. For like, you know, for, maybe for a month. eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. Oh, yeah. Um, so all that to be said, 35 minutes in, let's start talking about <laughs> this episode. Um, so, you know, we clearly pick up two months later. We yeah. pick up in the forest with Sirius and I wrote Hyundai. <laughs> mm. Sirius, Sirius and Edda. Um and, you know, so we're obviously under the impression that she's been taking care of Sirius. She's, you know, doing her best to just be alive day by day, uh, work, keep distracted. But she hasn't lost her hope that um, Sarah Khan's coming back. Mm-hmm. So We also know that she's taken over the company mm-hmm. because she does have that 45%. So mm-hmm. she's been running things since Sarkhan is gone. And she's been doing well. I, it seems like she's – once she kind of came out of her initial shock, mm-hmm. she was able to just buckle down and use work as a focus point mm-hmm. of, okay, I'll take care of the firm then while Sarkhan is, is gone. That way when he comes back, everything is still running smoothly. Right. She ends up winning an award and all this kind of stuff. So it's – you know, it's interesting to me that she and seemingly Idon, but realistically just her, mm-hmm. it, she's the only one who still has hope and it's been two months. Yep. Part of me is like, dude, none of you are holding out hope even I know. though it's only been t- it's two only, months isn't that long. No, it's really not. Especially when there's not been like a body found or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It's like there was no – debris not no body nothing has really been found and part i was i felt a little betrayed on sarah i know behalf i know i'm like if you went missing for two months i would after two months i wouldn't be like well she's probably dead i know i know be like no it's only been two months Mm -hmm. like we're gonna find her right i yeah, it just, I know. I was like, this is so sad that they're all acting like she's so delusional and it's only been two freaking months. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. And again, with no – like, if she was still being that way, but there had been, like, confirmed death and she was still like, we're just waiting for Sarkhan to come back. Right. Yes, be concerned for her because she's living in actual denial. Yes. Um. But yeah. So, yeah, no, she's the only one holding out hope because Idon had hope because she freaking knew. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> excuse me. So, I do like – that at two different points, um, well, this first time, she sees an airplane up in the air and we're kind mm-hmm. of given the impression that Sarah Khan sees the same one wherever he is. Right. So um, I liked that because that happens again later with a falling star as well. Yes. Um, so I like those like uh, connection points there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to point those out. But I – yeah, in those opening scenes, we're kind of flashing back between what she's up to, what he's up to. So, you know, we've seen what she's up to like you just explained and – Going back and forth between those scenes, we're also seeing what Sarkhan's up to, which is, you know, he is somewhere in, like, Mm -hmm. nature. In, like, a cabin. In a cabin. And the funny thing is, is, like, I think you mentioned this in – and I said the same thing during my live watch. But, like, okay, why did you go through the trouble of trying to hide her identity if you were going to reveal it in the fragments before the episode? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anyways, so – yeah, so we see he's with a woman, but she's, you know, her eyes are conveniently covered up by a window pane or whatever, you know, only the back of her head. 
But they're clearly domesticated because they, like, walk in the house arm in arm and you're like, WTF, what is going on right now? Right. And, um, you know, he at one point is, as Ashley pointed out, angrily chopping wood and I like it. (laughs) Uh I mean, you know, take it out on the wood, Sarkon. Yeah, for real. I'm fine with that. Absolutely. (laughs) One-handed with his axe. And we're also seeing he has some... Now, I, I couldn't tell if this was just because he's physically exerting himself and that was like the whole hand flex and like back pain or if he's still suffering residual physical pain from his recovering of the accident. If, if that was just their way of pointing out to us, he wasn't only, you know, um, mentally uh, traumatized, but right. phys- physically as well. We just kind of fast forwarded through that recovery, but there's still some residual effect. Um, That's what I took it as. Okay. Is that he's just still in recovery in okay. general. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and I wrote, um, yeah, like, Angan seems to only be the other one, only other one, too, who's, like, very sweet and sad. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's still kind of operating under the whole he's gone thing, like you said. Right. But, like, the rest of them are just trying to be, like, okay, like, yes, this is sad, but we need to try to, like – move on right yeah but angan's like act because you know he's like when he's congratulating her and saying like not everybody gets this and sarcom would be so proud just angan's voice pretty much this whole episode before and even once sarcom comes back you know but he you can tell like he is mourning and missing his friend like yes and i just appreciated that so you know um then we get domestic Serkan and Celine and I said choke pardon while I go vomit mm-hmm. um you know because we're again flashing back and forth art life meeting they're all trying to encourage Edda and she's like I know what you're doing like thank right. you um but I'm not gonna lose hope and she's saying she's only gonna stay until Serkan comes back which makes so. them all like raise their eyebrows right right yeah and then you know we kind of get a little snippet of Serkan and Celine and he's just talking about how you know everything is so difficult the more he tries to recover things in his mind the more he kind of slips into an abyss mm-hmm. and of course she's seemingly the ever supportive ever sweet girlfriend who's like you survived such a terrible accident it's a miracle you survived blah 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 you've been recovering for so long and you know in <laughs> if she weren't manipulating him, right, this would be good for him to hear. Yes. Where he is hearing that he needs to just be patient and take right. his time. But she does not have good intentions. No. And this, quote, positive reinforcement is only for her own benefit, not his. Exactly. It's exactly. so that she's she's feeding him enough, like, encouragement and positivity that he's going to continue to trust her mm-hmm. because it's she's the only familiar thing for him right now. Um, and so, well, yeah. and it it reinforces the idea that he needs to stay in that place, mm-hmm. isolated with her right. for longer, right? Because yep. she's like, be a little patient, take time. So you know, like you had mentioned, when he says he's ready to go back to Istanbul, she's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. but whatever when, you want. But you can right. tell she's yeah, not really thrilled about it, not at all. Um, and so, yeah, so that's happening. Um, the Art Life crew's all worried about Edda's denial. And right. I do love that Angan's like, well, I think we're all just pretending that we're fine. Mm, yeah. You know, like, 
things are not fine. So, you yeah. know, and that's when Jaren points out like, but listen, at least she's not locking herself in her room, refusing to eat or drink anymore. Right. Thank God for our friend Denise. So this is how we first find out about this person. Yeah. You know, who came and was able to help her out of that. Like, I don't know what we'd do if he hadn't showed up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Ed is on her way out to go visit him um, yeah. as we find this out. So, um, meanwhile, so there, she's headed out to go see Denise. The girls are going to follow her. But we're getting teeny tiny yellow fl- yellow dress flashbacks mm-hmm. um, where you you can't really see her face. They're very blurry. Mm-hmm. So Sarah Con- – which obviously this is – trying to show us how Sarah Con's seeing it. So right. he – and he even confirms later that he's not sure that they're Edda, but he is getting flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's meant to give us this hope. He's holding this mysterious piece of paper that never gets confirmed what it is. I was holding out hope that it was her note, mm-hmm. but it was a, also a solid piece of paper, not torn up and taped back together. So it's clearly not that. But um, so I don't know if that was – his vows or something that's what somebody said but a lot of people were like yeah there's no vows in a turkish wedding so like (laughs) you know um like it's likely not that um and so i was like oh yeah that makes sense but so i don't know if it was just like a focus point for him because it's kind of folded so it's like maybe it was just like busy work almost like a fidget spinner you know but just like him Mm -hmm. folding while he's trying to concentrate um I don't know. Hmm. I I, I kind of hope something comes of that, though, because I'm like, why did you guys have us focusing on that piece of paper that he's holding if you're mm-hmm. not going to show us, like, what it is? Um, but, of course, stupid Celine's, like, sitting down holding his hand. She has now ruined the word save Gilim for me. Oh, my gosh. Because I – this is the second time I literally wanted to vomit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so gross, especially with – there's so many rumors on Twitter, you guys. And it's funny because – I already was suspicious of this, and I marked down all these different clues as they happen um, that are like, oh, this is a clue that she is doing more than just trying to isolate him. Like, that she may be actually playing a part in keeping him from recovering his memory, um, other than just trying to isolate and manipulate him and all of that. So, um, anyways... Her, yeah, hand-holding, save Gilleen, putting her head on his shoulder, I want to puke, my blood's boiling. Like, when she makes that comment that she's, quote, so happy he's come back to himself. Yeah, that he came to his senses. I was like, oh, my gosh. So this was the type of thing, I I mean, the moments before this were enraging, too. But (laughs) – this moment for me, I was like, okay, this is this is nefarious. Yep. The, her saying that is, oh my gosh, the manipulation is just unbelievable. I know. I, I know. was like, for, for her to tell this injured man mm-hmm. who has lost a portion of his – like, mm-hmm. it does not get worse than that. Like no. she – unless she were physically poisoning him and feeding him, you know, um, I, I, now I can't even think of a poison. Arsenic. <laughs> Arsenic. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like that is the only I, – I just – I'm like there's nothing worse than this because this is so mm-hmm. glaringly obvious mm-hmm. that she is manipulating him. Oh, 100%. I hate, I hate her. I – and here's the thing. We have to congratulate them because I literally – said two weeks ago like the struggle has always been a legit villain 
Oh, she's a villain now. We have got our legit villain. Like, now here's what we need, though. If this woman just gets to yeet or huma her way out of this, there will be blood. Like, she needs to suffer. Because she needs to suffer yeah. badly. Yeah. Because she can go into the Bermuda Triangle with the rest of them. Yep. Afterwards. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, yeah, we need to see on screen, we need to see her suffer. Like, we have not – and, again, this is my EK trauma coming back to me. But, like, the fact that Yeet, who faked an injury for a year, letting everyone think that John, like, physically paralyzed him. Mm-hmm. That was never revealed. He just got to flit on back to Canada, where mm-hmm. we like to think that his plane went down in a fiery crash, much like Sercons may have, only he did not survive. But yeah. we we got no justice. Same thing with Huma. She just got to go off to whatever country she was going to visit next. And she was and she was his, you know, um, she and Yeet were in on this together. And with we her never own freaking son. With her own freaking son. And we never got to see their comeuppance. And so I'm like, listen. I am all for a good villain that we are all on the same page about, that we all hate, that yep. we all want to see burn, that we all want to see re- uh, exposed. Mm-hmm. But there has to be an equal justice for it. Otherwise, yes. otherwise, there's no – like, I love a good villain because I can't wait to see – Them get their comeuppance? Yes. Yeah. So she de- – I swear, if they just send her back to Denmark or something after all this, I I am going to be livid. Yeah. Like, we need to see her burn. Like, burn. (laughs) She needs to pay for all of her misdeeds. That's the whole point of a villain. Yes. You you need the justice. Yes. To be served. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You can't just get away with all their crap. Yes. It's not right. No. So operating under this assumption that we are going to see that i can actually get on board with her like being here just because i'm like finally we have the direct villain yes finally we have like a villain villain Mm -hmm. um like she's worse than baba ane and i had high hopes for baba ane like and she was kind of a disappointing quote villain after Mm -hmm. just a few episodes so i'm like okay like if this is how we're gonna do this like let's do this and let's do this full force right so um Anyway, so yeah, all that stuff's happening. Save Galeem, throwing up, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, we're also getting some background on Denise. Uh, he's got yeah. a shop there. He's her child. He's like a furniture designer. Mm-hmm. He's traveled all over. So he's got stuff from all over the world. Like, did you notice he has a Washington license plate on oh, his I wall? Oh, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's I, funny. I thought of you immediately. <laughs> um, and so it's like behind his head when they're looking at the map of everywhere he's had searched in Italy. Okay. So um, – you know, we're kind of learning that he not only came, but he was he, been an active part in helping Ed to try to find him. Like he has, yeah, he has all his contacts connections. in Italy. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that they've been, you know, uh, searching constantly. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that Edda needs that hope and that she needs to keep looking. Right. So he just essentially tells her, "Okay, mm-hmm. then I'm going to keep as long as you want me to keep looking. I'm going to keep looking with you." Now, okay. It's. I know we'll get to this stuff, but, like, it's kind of clear he has a bit of a piney crush on Edda, just some of the ways, he, yeah. like, he looks at her. But, like, it's not so much that, like, I just want him to stay good. That's what this comes down to. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm okay if it's like, hey, this was my childhood friend who I've always had a crush on. But how different and healthy and nice would it be if, like, 
he, as he spends more time with her as an adult, since, you know, they've been apart for years now, mm-hmm. physically anyways, it seems like they've all kept in touch, you know, we're supposed to be under the impression. But anyways, it would be really nice for him to recognize that for what it is. Like, you mm-hmm. know what? Like, I've known her forever and I had a crush on her. But as I, like, the love I have for her now I'm realizing is, like, she is just a very special part of my life. Like, she's a childhood friend. She's, like, family. And, like, him being, like, I want to help her and unite her with Sarkon. Like, yeah. and he'll do whatever he can for that, but not for his own nefarious purposes. Like, right. I would like to see that. And it would Me be kind of nice if he and, like, Melo fell for each other. Like, yeah. Melo deserves a fairy tale and love and happiness. Like, she's okay, a happy but- person. I know, but he was, like, flirting with Jaren. Well, Jaren was flirting with him, mm-hmm. and I was thrown way off by that. Me too. Because she stays behind, and she's like, okay, I'm leaving, but I'm going to come back, blah, 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 and she's all smiley at him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. I know. What's going on? So hopefully that is not another one of our glaringly obvious foreshadowings. I know. Because her and Fari are so cute and they understand each other and I know that Denny's is a childhood friend mm-hmm. so technically he could go, he could be matched up with any of them. Mm-hmm. But I agree, he, he should be, he would be better with Melo and then we can keep Jerfair together. Yeah. I don't want Jerfair to get broken up. Ferit has been through enough. Ferit has been through enough. And now his evil hag of an ex is back. Is like back. And he is nice enough to be like, look, you're on dangerous ground. You need to be careful. Yep. And she's like, I don't live by... <laughs> I don't even Hypo- remember what she said. I don't live I under... Live by hypotheticals anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, are you warning me because you care about me? Or are you warning me because you're jealous? And of course, Ooh. that's... I know. And then that's all silly... Or that's all Jaren hears. And so it looks bad. And now they're on rough waters. Like, I don't love that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, um, D- Denise has searched high and low for Sarkon. How much longer are we going to do this? And, right. you know, she's like, until we find him. Like, I would know, again, that whole, like, the invisible handcuffs, the invisible string, the heart connection. She's like, I would know if he were dead. Like, I would yep. feel it. He's alive somewhere. I don't know where he is. But – and my hope is what keeps me – because, you know, he's like, you were like this even as a kid, you know, stubborn, uh, mm-hmm. insistent, blah, blah, Like, you know, And he's saying it in an adoring way, like, yes. you know. um. And she's basically saying like, well, yeah, the reason I'm able to be this strong is the hope I have. So I can't lose that hope. And he's like, okay, then we're going to keep looking. Yeah. So um, anyways, and I know we kind of covered the whole cuddly saline thing, but in the whole coming to your senses. But I do want to point out that he also says that, yeah, I do feel better. But but he also points out that he still has this strange feeling because there's a time in his life he can't recall. Yeah. Like, so he is – He's not okay with the fact that, okay, I feel better and this is familiar. Like, yeah, he's clinging to that because it is what is familiar. But there is still that part of him that's like, I need to fill in those blanks. Even later when he says like, no, I'm fine with it. I don't need those blanks filled in. I feel like that's more just him trying to convince himself of that. Right. Than him actually believing it. I agree. Yeah. So, um, so then, um, you know, we – Oh, then we get this. Watching this scene again now pissed me off. Oh, I know. Okay, this was clue number one, by the way, that Idon already knew. Because why would she have his old house set up on her property if if um, 
she didn't know that he was alive and with memory loss. Because even if he was alive out there, as far as she would know, holding out hope that he's alive, he would just go back to living at his current residence. That is a good point. I didn't even consider that. But her having the house set up, because that's the only residence he's going to have remember living in for. Right. When he, when he is at that point in his memory. Uh-huh. Dang. I didn't even think about that. So – That was clue number one that she already knew because it was like, why do you have his house here set up? And it's not like, quote, he would have lost that apartment. It's owned by the company. So it's not like his stuff couldn't have stayed in there. Like, right. His company owns it. So it makes zero sense that his stuff would all be set up like it was before his memory loss. Right. It's all back to the beginning of the show. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then her whole like, you know – telling Safi that the sheets need to be changed every day and all this. And I'm like, first of all, you're making him do all this unnecessary work because you know <laughs> you know your son is going to call before he comes home. Yeah. So you can have fresh bedding put on when he's on his flight. Number two, you're doing that to show just how, quote, affected you are by his absence. Mm-hmm. It's, that's manipulative right there in and of itself. It is. And yeah. I, it's mm, – I know. It's, it's so disgusting. Like, I am just so enraged and upset by this. Um, so, uh, you know, she's emo- she's also em- emotionally manipulating everyone around her. Safi, Edda, Ifair, Pearl. Oh, everybody. Ingen, literally everybody. She's lying to all of their faces. Yep. And it's not okay. And, <laughs> yeah, this is just... There are so many people that she is deceiving. Mm -hmm. And some of the people I could see where she's like, okay, out of Mm -hmm. respect for my son, I won't tell the press or whatever. Right. But these people love Serkan. They care about him. Yep. They really and truly believe that he is dead and gone forever. Yep. And she is adding to that trauma by withholding this. Yep. And here's the thing. We – this adds nothing to the story because no. we already have a horrible villain in Celine. So why not just leave all that blame on her? Why not? Right? Can- well, and she could have told them all from the start. Like, Celine is with him. He's really confused. I'm trying to respect his wishes by wanting to stay with her. But I think you should all know that he's alive because mm-hmm. you all know him very well. You all care about him. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. She could be the hero in this situation. Right. And because of the choice that she's making, mm-hmm. she's turning into part of the problem. Right. Well, but even like them, again, adding like it's enough that Celine knew. We didn't need yeah. someone else to know too. It's already right. enough that Celine knew. What? She's already the clear villain here. Just pile that all on her. Like mm-hmm. when she comes back, let Idon be pissed as hell. That mm-hmm. she withheld um, his son, her son from from her. Like, you know what I mean? I, I I think the only reason they added this was so that it would, like, make sense for Serkan. But the fact of the matter is, Serkan's all brain mush right now. Right. We, we could excuse him not yes. telling his mom, especially if someone like Celine, who's isolating and manipulating him, is convincing yes. him that it's best. We can excuse that. That would not have villainized Serkan. No. But it absolutely villainizes Idon. Yep. So, anyways. Um, so, they're reminiscing. They're with Denise. The girls are with Denise. They're reminiscing about the good old days. They ha- they call Fifi. Um, 
we it's kind of like just some back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, Denise, we realize, is planning to try to take Edda out of the city. He's trying to kind of distract her, mm-hmm. but she doesn't want to leave just in case Serkan shows back up. And we see that Serkan is having nightmares. Um, Can I just then- say, thank God they showed him sleeping on the couch. Like, oh yeah, not with her mm-hmm, or in a like, bed. Uh huh. Because yeah. I, I know it would take a lot for me to stop watching this show. It would take a lot <laughs> because I feel like if I stuck with Ek for as long as I did, and I still have way more complaints about that than I do about this. It would, t- but him sleeping with Celine because that would just be flat out rape and assault, like. Well, she already is an abuser at this point. Right. She is abusing him. Mm-hmm. And if they – I thank goodness they did not add that that aspect yeah. to it as well. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> I just wanted to point out, like, I love that it's showing he's asleep on the couch in the cabin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they are not sleeping in the same vicinity other than they're yeah. in the same house. Anyways, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. So um, we end up seeing that Serkan is ready to go back to Istanbul. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't know what we're waiting for. Hanging out here isn't going to solve anything. Mm-hmm. It's better if we just head back. So right. she – sorry, I hit my mic. Um, <laughs> she is hesitant, of course, because she wants to keep her victim isolated. Mm-hmm. But in the end, she agrees and they'll go back. Right. So we get a little moment at the Yildiz's. Which, again, mm-hmm. is not great for Idon's uh, nope. track record at this point. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I, we, we, I mean, we could keep going on about this. I know. But I guess we don't really need to. We don't. <laughs> this is just bad of her uh-huh. to be all, oh, we're the only ones who still hold out hope, Ada. Blah, blah, blah. So she's happy with Ada's success. I fares as frustrated supposedly as everybody else mm-hmm. thinking that Ada needs to give up and think that Serkan is dead whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ifair is um, fixated on feeding them dessert as well so yeah Ifair whatever <laughs> I listen like I, 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 I done is her own mess and right. Ifair I'm like who I fair, is this yeah Ifair has You're been a mess a for disaster. a while mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I wasn't disappointed in Ifer this episode because I've already been disappointed in her for several yeah, episodes. Yeah, it's par for the course. Exactly. So She's I'm like, I can't. She's on herself right. and acting like a teenager and hiding her boyfriend in the house. Right. And she's a grown adult. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Who got pissed at her niece for doing the exact same thing mm-hmm. 15 episodes ago. Over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, yeah. So, the the rest of the Art Life main crew, Ingen Pearl, Fadri, Jiren, they're having, mm-hmm. like, a puzzle double date. And it kind of becomes yeah. this little, like, moratorium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because the way Pearl's wanting to arrange everything, Ingen's like, that's exactly how Saracon would do it. And, like, so it kind of makes them sad. But then also, then you've got Jiren and Farid who are like, okay, how much longer are we going to do this? And even Farid's like... Isn't there an amount of time that passes before you can have someone declared dead? And, like, 
And Jaren's Jer- face in this scene, she looks so depressed. I was like, oh my gosh. I know, I know, I know. So, you know, it's basically sad talk of missing Sircon and like Ingen missing even him being irate with him and like right. all, all this stuff. Okay. So then we get this. I wrote, oh, good. We get an Alex chat because apparently he's still a thing. And yeah. I immediately was like, it's like that scene in Mean Girls. When they're like, please stop trying to make fetch a thing. Please and I'm like. trying to make Alex a thing. Yeah. Can we please at this point just stop trying to make Alex a thing? Uh, because he's he's there. Where is he? Yeah. I don't know. He's at the restaurant or something. Oh, they're just, they're talking, just talking about, about him. But he's they're just talking yes, about him. Yeah. They're yeah. just talking about him. Oh, he hasn't left me since everything happened. He's been there for me. And I fair's like, oh, I barely see him because work is so busy. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then. Uh, the this is now the first time my soul is truly shattered in this episode is Ed does dream. Yep. Because of course, like again, Hyundai knocked it out of the park. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the despair and the hope and the emotion yeah. and all of that in this dream when he comes to her. I still laugh because of the way he wakes her up, how he like runs his hand <laughs> I, down her face. And now when I watched it, because you had mentioned that, I was like, oh my god!" Like, it went, like, uh, what, Karim, what was that? Like, what's, why not like move he's a piece of her hair? He's not the hair right. out of her face. He, he sticks his hand on half of her face and then swipes over, like over. You know what it feels like? It feels like something Eric would do to you. You like, know what's so funny? Like seeing that, seeing him do that, I was like, Eric would totally do that. Yes. Like I could see like you're watching your show and you're super focused and he walks by and just like runs his hand down your face as he's walking into the next room. I totally. You would totally do that. <laughs> and he'd be, I'd be like, leave me alone. Uh-huh. And he'd be like, what? I love uh-huh. you. <laughs> so it just oh it, my gosh it was like, the rest of this is so serious but like i know i was like put do you like, think karem was trolling her by doing that that's what i wonder because like part of me is like you could have tucked her hair behind her ear you could have swept Very some across lightly, her forehead gently you could have even no. like leaned down and kissed her forehead uh-huh. but no you just like ran your big bear paw <laughs> down the front of her face it just was like was this a karem thing because it was just really funny um anyways it startles her awake yeah and god bless her she doesn't break character because she immediately (laughs) is like you know we have this very intense emotional moment where she's basically explaining that she never lost hope she knew he would come back for her she's asking where he's been of course he doesn't answer right because it's a dream right where has he been you know it was like a nightmare and then he tells her the nightmare is over and i was Mm -hmm. like well that's ironic because the nightmare is just about to begin yeah um and, you know, and then when she continues to talk to him and grab his face, the next mm-hmm. the next thing we see is that he's actually not there. Like, right. And she wakes and up then, and. Yep. And this is the shooting star moment where yes. and she says, seemingly it's the same night and they both kind of just have this moment where mm-hmm. they look outside and they see a shooting star. And she says, Ashkam Naradesin. Mm-hmm. Oh, my little heart. And she says it yeah. all like just quiet and hopeful and sad and yeah um so yeah so now it's the next morning uh yep. good to the flowers in the office she's watering mm-hmm. them she's clearly put her touch on art life um, oh, yeah. 
And in the office. <laughs> yes. And I just want to point out, you guys, I appreciate each and every one of you. I got so many messages and tags. Um, the one of the picture, one of the uh, flower pots is actually like a picture frame flower pot. And it's a picture of them all snuggled. Yes. And there are flowers in it. And while I loved the idea of everyone who thought they were camellia flowers, because mm-hmm. that's like longing for an older lost love. Mm. Um, I did some pretty extensive research. Granted, I'm not a professional, mm-hmm. but I'm almost positive those are not. Uh, camellias are bigger than what those flowers are. Okay. Um, I'm nearly positive those are begonias, okay. um, which I hope that wasn't some symbolism they were trying because begonias literally mean be gone. Um, so it was either ironic and mean <laughs> Or they were just meant to be really pretty flowers because Ed is a florist and loves flowers and put them all over the office. So uh, while I would have absolutely loved these to be camellias because they would have been like the perfect touch for that particular even thing, especially that it's next to their picture. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I don't think that's what they were. But I Mm -hmm. love the thought and I did want to acknowledge that a lot of people did um, send that to me. But I did did some research and I'm pretty sure they're begonias. So Mm -hmm. anyways, if I'm wrong. I, then I will admit that, but I'm almost positive they're begonias. Yeah. So, so she finishes watering all her little lovelies, and then she has what I'm gonna call a return to me moment. <gasps> because yes, everybody watched that movie. Oh so my they gosh. both they both experienced this, and this is something that also happens in Return to Me. It's a great, mm-hmm. wonderful. Wonderful movie where – and I love this trope when mm. the couple can seemingly, like, feel yes. the other one. Yes, yes. Because she and Sarah both have a moment where they kind of clutch their heart and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he, because he's a sad boy with a mud brain currently, <laughs> he <laughs> – he doesn't know the implications of why his uh-huh. heart is feeling this way, but Edda certainly does. Yes, she and absolutely she, knows. Now, I yes. I again want to point out, um, I feel like especially being mud brain Sercon, mm-hmm. if he felt a pain in his heart, he would immediately be like, "Get my doctor on the phone and get her here." Like, so. Part of me was because that that was my main. Mm-hmm. Even like with how he was acting towards Ada, I was mm-hmm. like, I I definitely gave him a lot more grace. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. But this to me was very confusing mm-hmm. of him not immediately being hypochondriac. Let's go to the doctor. Let's go to the doctor. He refuses going to the doctor when Idon first suggests it, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I've been to the doctor," and I was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! What's going on yeah, here?" Yeah. You but, love the doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The doctor is your favorite place on the planet. <laughs> but maybe this could be another thing to tack on to mm-hmm. the PTSD sarcon. Yeah. And change in personality. Well, that's true. Maybe after seeing so many doctors. Yeah. And having to be in the hospital so much and recover so much. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he is having a turning point on like going to the doctor for every little thing. Because he's had his fill of doctors and treatment. Totally. Totally. Okay. I'm on board with that. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I lost my spot. Oh, he, he, they, Serkan and Selene arrive. 
Okay, um, can we talk about the security dude at the front door? I'm sorry, your boss who has been all but considered dead for the last two months shows up and you just open the door for him and take his like it's take the a keys normal day. like it's a normal day. <laughs> and you have no visceral reaction whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe he's new? I don't know. <laughs> But, but I also like, thought that was really weird. Yeah, because like, while Layla and and Erdem both have that moment, like, oh, Sarkon Bay, they immediately, like, half a second later are like, whoa, 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 Sarkon Bay? Like, right. and, you know, so. I yeah. mean, at least have him do a double take? Yeah. Also, why is nobody questioning him walking in with Celine? Nobody know. acknowledges that. Nobody is like... I mean, yes, I get being excited that he's back, but not one person is like, oh, Celine, how do you fit into any of this? They don't even act like it's a big deal. No. When last thing they knew, she was gone to Denmark. Uh Uh-huh. She was out of the actual country. Uh Uh-huh. And did not leave on good terms with Serkan. No. Yeah. They're acting like it's not a big deal. The only person I excuse is Edda because if I'm sitting here thinking like – if Jason had been missing for two months mm-hmm. and he, he, for whatever reason, it's one of his exes who delivers mm-hmm. him back to me. I, in that moment, I would be so overwhelmed by Jason. Right. I, it would not even occur to me to question right. why Celine You'd is You'd be there. like, who Who cares? Who else is here right mm-hmm. now? Right. My husband is here. Right. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's the case with everyone else, but I'm like, but I feel like that only really applies to Edda. Everyone else, like, yes, be happy and thrilled, but also be like, what's the blonde snake doing here? Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. No, I I get it. Nobody's really (laughs) puzzled. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have, um, we have the big reunion. It's quickly apparent that he doesn't remember everybody there. Because Melo calls him mm-hmm. Anish Day and he's – And he's like, oh, I guess we – and he says, nice to meet you. I was <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> as soon as he said Mem to mold him, I was like, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, I no, know. <laughs> Poor sweet Melo. Now, again, shout out to Karem because he is so dang convincing in all of oh, this. Oh, yeah. Like, he does all of this so well. Yeah, he is – he's very good at acting confused. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's, he's got that blank look down, Yeah, man. he really does. Like yeah. that – yeah. So he this is very – because, yeah, when he makes his comment like, oh, a lot's changed in two months. Look at all these new faces. And they're like, two months? These people have all been here way longer than that. What do you – because they don't know he doesn't remember yet. Right, um, right. And so, you know, we get all that hugs, happy reunions. Again, the next thing that doesn't make any sense in this is, I'm sorry, nobody ran to get Edda. They just waited for her to stroll out of the conference room and be, like, the last person to see him. No. No. Like, what terrible I mean, friends. it's only, like, a minute, though. I don't it's care. Like- I don't care. <laughs> Somebody should have probably in shock. Somebody should have they, run and grabbed they, her. All these losers thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're like, Serkan is back from the dead. <laughs> we we didn't even. There was no hope left for us in our minds. So their shock is technically bigger, is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
okay, <laughs> fine. Okay, fine. So then Edda finally, of course, she's the last one. She walks out. She's now, like in a trance. My thing too, they missed a great moment here. She was holding that glass watering pitcher, but instead of having her drop it and like uh-huh. in shock, it's just missing from her hand in the next pain. Like it just magically disappears from her hand. And I was like, why didn't you guys have her? Why don't we get a slow-mo dropping of the glass? Everyone turns to her and then she walks to Sarah Anyways, Sorry. <laughs> Kristen has a strongly worded letter for the director. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Alton. I do. I think that's his name. Alton. Alton. Oh, man. Anyways. Um, So she is obviously in shock. She can't believe that that he's there. Mm -hmm. Um, He seems very confused and flabbergasted (gasps) and the heart the worst part of this scene is the fact that he looks over to Celine yep his abuser and is like can I get confirmation from you my Mm -hmm. controller that Mm -hmm. this is the person that you have told me these horrible stories about Uh and Celine sends him this little nod and then he turns back and he's just all stiff and then she passes out or falls right. asleep right promptly yeah and he catches her notice mm-hmm. that muscle memory hmm. uh-huh. anyways anyways because i so many times i'm like yeah dude your body remembers her trust me like, right like the whole like th- triple body full body sweep he does when she walks into the party later and stuff anyways uh-huh. um so yeah so she passes out i actually think i think this is the scene where Poor Ed, poor Hyundai actually injured her neck because she had a <gasps> neck brace on for a couple of days. Oh, After, that's right. I think this is – I think she injured herself. Like, I was like, oh, that makes me think of that Instagram live too when Karem's like, yeah, sometimes Hyundai really gets into her role. And <laughs> so I was like, oh, how sad. <laughs> oh. Like, she made it a convincing pass out because she actually got hurt. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, so she passes out. So he, during all of this, is flashing back to his version of Celine explaining to him yes. the, quote, Edda situation. Right. Where, you know, she – and we hear these words from Celine. Do you have screenshots of this? I do. Okay, because I didn't take screenshots. But what Celine says is so – I want her exact words because it's so awful and ugly and gross. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have to find it. That's okay. Yeah. My app always closes. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> ah, come on. I actually took a lot of screenshots this episode. Oh, that's good. I took zero. Uh, okay, so we have a little flash. She passes out. And she's like, so you and Edda started a game to make me jealous and to dissuade me from getting married. Edda was very smart. I mean, she has a strong talent for manipulation beneath that beautiful, innocent look. I can't. And then Serkan is, of course, saying, I can't believe the how such something like this might have even happened. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. And she says, well, she turned you into someone that you're not, Serkan. You were dragged into a world you didn't belong, into Ugh. odd incidents. And I couldn't intervene. You slipped through my fingers. But, and with this time of... With this affected, sorry, with time, this affected your family, your friends, your work. And right now, she owns 45% of the firm. Isn't that odd? And Serkan says, my eyes must have been blinded. And she, of course, reinforces, 
She says, Sirkan, some people might call that love, but as someone like you who knows, but as someone who knows you from so far back, I can tell you that wasn't love. You made a mistake and you didn't notice that mistake. Now, so, she uses his biggest thing. What 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 is the one thing Layla told Edda the first time she met her back in episode one that Sercon hates? Making mistakes. Yeah. Like that is And his, he doesn't make a mis- – he doesn't make mistakes. Right. That's so, the thing about Sercon. So he, when he does – He checks, he double checks, he triple checks. Yep. So when he does make a mistake, he is like all about uh, overcorrecting. Yep. Like, overcorrecting that mistake because he doesn't make mistakes. And Celine knows that about his personality and is taking advantage of that. Yep, she sure where is. Where she's playing right into the weaknesses that he that she knows about because she's known him for so long. Yep. And the interesting thing of her being like, that's not what love is. And I'm like, oh, that's so rich coming from you because nothing you're doing is. She's literally poisoning his mind. Mm-hmm. And I – totally. And as the episode went on, I was like, I'm not convinced that's the only thing that you're poisoning because it's all – every time it's about these doctors, it's her doctor friends abroad. It's oh, yeah. her doctor that she – even though Idon insists on her own doctor, she weasels her way in and winds up bringing – Uses her own neurologist. Her own neurologist to come yep. to the house. Like, So there is a very pointed reason for that because these, these specific writers love to foreshadow stuff. Yep. So I think it's really important to pay attention to things like this mm-hmm. because it means something. Yeah. And I – yeah. And the fact that she's so confident that Sarkhan's not going to remember Edda. She is so confident. Like to everybody. To yep. everybody. I don't live in hypotheticals. You're not in his mind. Let mm-hmm. me repeat it. You're not in his mind. She tells uh, Pearl that Sarkhan opened a new page after this accident and I'm, she's going to mm-hmm. be with him no matter what. Blah, yep. blah, blah. Yep. She's not going to let go of him again. She's not going to lose him an, a second time. Yep. All of these things. And you're, it's so interesting because I hadn't even thought of a potential literal – Poisoning. Manipulation mm-hmm. or poisoning mm-hmm. that she is is doing. But it makes total sense because she is so convinced yep. that she is going to win this game. Yep. Absolutely. So I do want to point out really quick mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the beautiful irony that the reason Ada owns 45% of the company is because Celine indirectly yes. gave them to her. Yeah, but of course she probably left that part out when she of told course, Sarah Of course, But it's like, this is your own fault, girlfriend. Uh-huh. You're the one who sold your 45% of the shares to mm-hmm. F.A. So yep. yeah, no exactly. complaining allowed from you. Nope. So then we've – a little bit of time has passed because now Edda is awake. It's just the two of them in the conference room. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this scene and the one at his house are so physically painful to watch. Like – and, like, I, like, lost it the first time when she smells him. Like, I don't know why that was such a – like, you know, because she's touching his face and all this stuff because she's just like, is it really you? Are you really here? But then at one point she, like, even leans in very quickly and just, like, takes in his scent. Like, it, oh. It, and while he's standing there just looking so uncomfortable because a stranger is, like, prodding and poking him and yeah. being very intimate with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know – They both kill it in this scene because, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, she's like, wait, so if you were like, you know, because she's like, where were you? What happened? He's like, well, I was found on a fishing boat in Slovenia. And she's like, Slovenia? Like, we didn't look there. We looked everywhere in Italy. We were tearing that country apart. Like, 
How, mm-hmm. what, we, we didn't even look there yet. We wouldn't have thought to look there that far. Like, and then she's like, but if you were there, why didn't you call me? And he's like, well, it yeah. was really confusing. Like, I was very injured and messed up. I hit my head very hard. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. So he's kind of explaining, like, he wasn't in a position to really call her right away as he was recovering. Right. But then she's like. In the hospital for a long time. Blah, right. Blah, blah. But then she's basically like, so just happy that he's back in here. And that's when he's like, well, maybe we should talk. And then he literally, like, rips her soul from her Breaks body. her heart out. Because yeah. yep. he's like, the thing is, I had some memory loss with this. And and he basically explains, like, of the entire last year. Mm-hmm. And then now from here on out, like, she has the shock look. Here on out, we kind of flip back and forth a little bit. So mm-hmm. we'll just basically – Instead of flipping back and forth, let's just flip over really quickly to Celine. She's filling yeah. in the team. This mm-hmm. is where we get clue number one, consulted my doctor friends abroad. Yep. Um, even Jaren comments at one point, like, how convenient that is. Yes. Um, how stupid it is that she, quote, listened to Sarah Con Because, you know, friends, he asked me not to call, blah, blah, blah. And Melo goes off on her and she's like, well, I'm not going to question Serkan's wishes. Like, Yes, because Melo and Jaren storm out and she's like, I'm not going to discuss Serkan's decisions, blah, blah, blah. Right. So she is already playing that game with everybody else. Yep, exactly. So she's basically filled him in like this. It's the old Serkan, as we knew before. Mm-hmm. Everything from the last year has been erased, has been erased, doesn't exist, doesn't exist. Like, she mm-hmm. is very adamant about making sure everybody knows that, mm-hmm. that he is the Sarakon we knew before. This Our Sarakon's back kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So all that's happening. Yep. Wow. Uh, our now devastated Perry Kuz and our very indifferent robot, like, yeah. is telling her. That he like, lost a year and of I'm, time. And I'm meeting you for the first time today. Yes, which is horrible and she's like this can't be true there's no way don't joke like this it's not funny Mm -hmm. i can't handle this and he tries to calm her down and he calls her edda hanam and that launches her into a whole new stratosphere of panic and being upset because she's like what are you taught what is edda hanam you called me ashkam what does edda hanam mean and he's like i don't know what to say i'm trying to understand you Please try to understand me too. Mm-hmm. I just I and she's like, no, you can't have possibly forgotten. So of course she's upset. She's in denial. She's like, right. there's no way an entire year, everything we've been through, you've forgotten. Her feelings are very understandable in yes. this situation. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, especially because be- she's like, we went through all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, like you can't forget everything we went through, and he's like yoke like it's not there like yeah it didn't happen for me and and he's like all i remembered was celine and Mm -hmm. i'm with her now yeah and then our poor girl is trying to tell like tell him what's true like no this and she starts listing off stuff they've gone through together Mm -hmm. what they and what was about to happen you were it was our wedding day you were going to come back like and he's like but you're a stranger to me now i don't remember and this Mm -hmm. is when this broke me when she is so desperate and so scared and so because she literally is like then let's live it all over again right i will live the beginning i will live this all over again with you like Mm -hmm. we can like it happened once we can build this again like isn't it up to us we have this choice to do it together yes and like and i said i swear i felt my soul leave my body when she did that because like 
just imagine like mm-hmm. you're grasping at anything and you're willing to go through everything you went through all mm-hmm. over again. And and she's like the the head might forget, but the heart doesn't. Yes. She's just desperate. She's like, I know I'm somewhere there. I'm somewhere in there. Just open, open the, the door. door. And, and then he, he oh. oh, poor mud brained man. He's like, we need to be a little sensible in a situation like mm-hmm. this. I don't remember you. I'm trying to understand you, but I'm with Celine right now. And then, God bless oh. our girl. <laughs> because mud brain or not, I know this isn't his fault, but she slaps him. Yeah. And storms out at that point, doesn't she? she? Does. Yes. Yeah. So, and nobody can blame her. No. Nobody can blame her. Like, no. she has just been... She's just been dealt the other extreme of what Sercon has been dealt. Like, yes. You know what I mean? Yep. They both lost a year, only he lost it because he doesn't know any of it. Mm-hmm. And she lost it while having to remember all of it. Yep. Uh, yeah. So then, um, and now this scene, I texted you last night because I'm convinced that this is when we, Idon actually got exposed. But I. And you know what's funny is that seeing it with the, the better subs. You're totally right. It's so much clearer. It's super clear. So because Idon and Safi are now running like to leave the house, mm-hmm. all excited, and Safi's like, "Oh my gosh!" And he's like praising her, like, "You never gave up. You knew, like, you, you had knew the mother's it. intuition. You had the mother's heart and intuition that he was around." And she says, "No, I didn't. He had already called me." And Safi says, "Wait, and you didn't tell me." And she's like, basically like, yeah, he asked me not to. And she says, that's not a mother's heart. That's a lack of conscience. Mm. And I'm like, this is when she technically got exposed. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was easy to assume they were just talking about right then in the moment he had called to say he was back. Which was what I had thought originally. Right. But there'd be no reason for Safi to say that she has a lack of conscience because clearly he called and then she was like, oh my gosh, he's here at in Istanbul at the office, let's go. So mm-hmm. it was probably only a matter of a couple of minutes between her knowing he was officially back in Istanbul and then them leaving to go to the office to see him. So yeah. it would make no sense for Safi to be like, why didn't you tell me? That's not a mother's heart. That's a lack of conscience. Mm-hmm. No, this is when she was actually exposed to us. And yeah. I said, we stand Safi forever. Seriously. So um, then Ada kind of spills to the Kuzlar, you know, they're trying to talk her down, but she is just really upset and she's, go ahead. I just want everyone to stop telling her to calm down. Like, oh, I know. They all say Sakinol so many times that I'm like, no, she does not need to Sakinol. Like her life was turned upside down the last two months. Uh And then when she thought it couldn't get any worse, Mm -hmm. it, it, she just got thrown into a snow globe and shaken around like a rag doll. Like, yeah. No. Well, she was the only one who had kept up the hope all yep. this time. And now suddenly she got what she wanted, only it's not what she wanted at all. Uh-huh. And it's way worse. Yeah. It's almost worse. I'm not going to say it's worse than him being dead, but in some senses, it but is But in some worse. senses it is because he would have died loving her and remembering her. Exactly. And now not only does he not remember her and he doesn't love her and he's calling her being super formal and calling her Edahanam, not only all those things, but... He is with Celine, mm-hmm. who is – and Eda knows right away mm-hmm. that Celine is manipulating him yep. and that she has told him something in order for him to think badly about her. Mm-hmm. She can tell that immediately from mm-hmm. the start. So good for our girl for just uh, – 
obviously knowing her enemy. Yes. <laughs> and being able to sniff that out right away. Absolutely. Because, yeah, because Celine does walk in with her haughty little look. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, God bless Melo too, because I feel like Melo is a good representation of all of us. Because at mm-hmm. one point she says, like, Listen, I don't like him right now either. I'm so pissed and mad at him. But also, he's like not my Aniche right now. And when he does remember, he's going to be broken over how hurt you are right now. Like, Mm -hmm. like, so she's that one that's like, she gets it. Like, why we're all feeling the way we are. But then she's also the one that's like, but listen, he is going to remember. And when he does, it's going to break him to see what you went through. Totally. And totally. I just love her for it. So yeah, um, I like that she's still supporting her friend through yes. all of this, and that she is like, "Look, uh, we know you. We know Sarkhan. We mm-hmm. know that if that, yeah, I just I mm-hmm. love how she is the voice of hope. She in this is, whole episode. while also not negating what he's going through. And what she's going through. and what she's going through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she does a brilliant job of that because even later too. When Edda's like, maybe he's faking all of this because he's scared of getting married. But mm-hmm. And Melo's like, okay, I have to say something. Yep. He would, yes, I'm mad at him. I'm this. I, But no, he is not faking this. He mm-hmm. really does not remember. And this isn't his fault. Like, yep. he will remember you at some point. He will. I know it. Like, he will. But even her being like, no, you don't. Mm-mm. We're not going down that road. There's no way Serkan would ever do this. Totally. Like, pretend. So I do like she's just yeah the tough love when it's needed and the bringing back to earth sort of a thing. Yep. Is just God bless Milo. Yep. So this is all happening in the coffee room. Meanwhile, Angen is also like trying to. He basically God bless him. I feel like he's the only one who genuinely has I made know. an effort with Serkan because he's like, listen, bro, I mm-hmm. lived all of this with you too. So then Sarah Khan's like, okay, well, if you did, why don't you tell me the story? Because right. – and there's even a few times where he's like, oh, what about this? And he's like, oh, is that how Celine told you? Yes. Like, so Engen freaking knows. Yeah. He knows that, like, Celine's not feeding him the entire truth. No. And so we don't see this happen on camera, but he does – it is implied that basically – Angan's like, well, let me explain it. And then we mm-hmm. pan off camera, go to the whole thing that happened with the girls and Celine and all of that, where mm-hmm. Edda's like ready to kill her. And I was like, don't hold her back. Let her tear her to shreds. Um, yeah. You know, but they hold her Celine's back. Celine's like, I'm not going anywhere. And I've already started working at the PR firm again. Blah, 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 blah. blah. So, you know, this is when Edda says it like, I know. I know you're poisoning him against me. I know you've mm-hmm. told him lies. And she's like, I'm not telling him anything. Edda. I just showed him a mirror. Blah, blah, <sighs> blah. Like you're so full of mm-hmm. it. It. <laughs> so so uh, anyways, yeah. And this is when, of course, the girls are like, listen, he's alive. He's breathing. He's here. It's yes. hard. But, you know, now it's time to come up with a plan. Yeah. Like, And so she's going to come up with a plan. He needs to yep. remember me. So Angan now finishes the story. Mm-hmm. And Serkan laughs at the ridiculousness, which honestly, when you tell that story, like, right. it is ridiculous. Like, this girl walked up and kissed you at a press conference. Then you forced her into a <laughs> fake engagement to get your ex-girlfriend to break up with her fiancé who you didn't want working for the firm, not because you actually loved her. Like, you know, because yeah. you gave her no hope for marriage, which then, of course, plants this weird seed in Serkan. And, um, you know, and then he's like – as Serkan's repeating some stuff back, this is when uh, he's. This is when he says, "Did Celine tell you all this? Because those aren't the realities, brother. 
Like, well, and he tells him because he doesn't believe it. He's like, that wasn't me. There's no way. And mm-hmm. Angan's like, well, it wasn't like that, Serkan, but love changed you. Yes. And, and, then- that, and he's, this is our first, I said, this is our first, uh, we got some Han care trolling here from the writers or whoever decided this because he says, Ashk Falan Yoke, like, yeah. which is, a, okay, that's the first thing. Which, of course, it fits for the scene, too, because he's right. saying there is no love between me and Ida. And right. Angan's like, well, actually, yes, there was. And yeah. it changed you for the better, like, not the way Celine's telling you. Yeah. So I just wrote, bless this man. He's trying. But our poor, confused, poison robot just won't hear it. And I can't really blame him because he's like, right. that's nothing like me. That is not, like, something really weird basically must have happened. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like something weird must have really happened to me for me to fall for this. Like, well, and you know the the key in Celine's manipulation is that most of what she tells him is the truth, mm-hmm. but she puts her little spin on it. Right. So, you know, Angan is telling him this stuff, and Sarkon's like, "Well, yeah, Celine told me that, and Celine told me that, and Celine told me that," and so mm-hmm. he's he's getting half truths, right? But the the fact yep. of the matter is, she's still twisting it yeah. and making it untrue right. as a whole. Right. But it is harder to, to sniff out because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. but you're telling me what Celine did. But Angan's clearly telling him in a very different manner. Yes. But for Sarkon, he's just like, yeah, I already know all of this. Like, yep. yeah. So then Idon shows up and we have mm-hmm. this whole emotional reunion and it bothers me because he's like, you know, you told me on the phone, but I just don't believe it. Meaning like her being able to leave the house. Right. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like between... You talking to your mom on the phone between Angan telling you everything. Can we address two very big things? The fact that Edda is responsible for your mom mm-hmm. even being able to leave the house. And why would a manipulative, horrible person do that for your mother? Yeah. Unless she loves you. And number two, especially because her helping – she helped Idon through that when Idon wasn't even her biggest fan. Yeah. Not even when they were like buddy-buddy. Right. So she helped her through all of that. While she was very against Ida and while she and Serkan were broken up. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and is – well, go ahead with your second. I'm wondering if I successfully predicted it. Oh. Well, and my second thing is, and you feel nothing for the fact that your father is responsible for the death of her parents? Are we just pretending that's not a thing? Like, because that has to come into play. Like – if Angan told him the whole story, then we are to assume Serkan knows all of that. Right. But all we get talked about about his dad is my dad left my mom. That's so I'm like, true. So I'm like, are we just sweeping under the rug, like, the whole thing that actually connects you guys and, like, the fact that you both – Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and, yeah, you would assume that Angan told him. Uh-huh. And, again, that wouldn't line up with Edda being manipulative no. if she is willing to forgive and be get back with yes. the man whose father yes. was responsible for her yes. own parents' death. Yes. Also, the fact that literally everybody who is surrounding Serkan, except for Celine, uh-huh. his mother, his trusted business partners, uh-huh. who he has known since he met them years and years and years ago, mm-hmm. all love and adore Edda. Yep. If she has convinced everybody, then she is absolutely a master manipulator. Uh-huh. And it's like, the my whole thing with it is, okay, well, what's in it for her? Yes, at this point, she does have 45% of the shares, but... 
she never asked for that. No, this was she did never not. Her goal. No. The whole reason she's working at the firm right now is because Sarkhan was literally gone. Uh huh. And so <laughs> it just doesn't. And you know, I, again, Sarkhan is all mud brain, so right. it makes sense for him to not be able to sniff this out. But everybody around mm-hmm. him, I hope they all really dig deep with like, hey. Celine mm-hmm. doesn't have your best interest in mind here. Right. Hey, you need to be careful. Yeah. Hey, we love you. Can we help you with this situation? Right. Hey, I know that you were confused in this, but really, what sense does it make for someone to let everyone who cares about you think that you're dead for two months? Yep. Like, and hopefully, this is the kind of stuff. Uh, if they're going to do this well. He's going to keep getting these little flashes Mm -hmm. that are then going to cause him to question things and then start to be like, yeah, that is weird. How come she told me this way when clearly this is what is happening? That doesn't really match up. Like, yeah, it is, quote, what happened. Right. But not in the way I was made to understand it. Why would she tell me this that way? Um, I would love them to give him specific flashes that directly contradict what Celine is telling him. Yes. Like – Maybe when Edda, like, demands for her grandmother to sign the shares over to Serkan. Mm-hmm. Because that's where they belong. Mm-hmm. Like, not sign them over to me. Not yeah. this. But she – I don't to remember. Serkan. But she specifically is like, fine. Like, you want us to have a relationship. Sign the shares back over to Serkan. Mm-hmm. Like, to he- for him to have that flash because then that wouldn't match up with her whole isn't that weird that she has tw- 45% of the shares because – that right there would clearly show she never intended to own them. Yep. Um, and another thing I can totally see Edda doing, especially because at the ep- when she comes up with her final plan and she's like, if this doesn't wake him up, like, I'm mm-hmm. done trying. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see her then signing the shares over to him. Yeah, as proof. As per- like, first of all, just to <clears> – <throat> pardon me – to um, – disconnect from him in the way she says she's going to if he doesn't quote wake up right and number two it would that i could see as her doing it just for that reason Mm -hmm. like fine i need to disconnect from you completely here's your shares back but then him realizing well that's weird that she's just signing them over to me with no ulterior motive because that doesn't match up with what saline told me telling me Mm -hmm. yeah so almost like her doing that to would just be a like, not her actual reason, but the side effect of her doing it would cause him to go, huh, that's weird. Like, yeah. So. I mean, he's a very smart, logical person. Exactly. Under normal circumstances. Exactly. So you would hope that he, that, that connection would mm-hmm. click for him and he would think, uh, this isn't – something's not sitting right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, Idon and Safie now are – even again in the office like what do you mean like what about edda though we need to do something and he's like no we don't i don't remember her so basically that part of my life doesn't exist like right and i this- do love that safi um defends edda well, yeah, he's like yeah she's kind of aggressive and safi's like no actually she's like a dandelion uh-huh. <laughs> i love it she's as soft as cotton uh-huh and Sarkhan's like, what? And just the fact that his own mom is like, this is an unfinished story. And he's like, no, it's not because it didn't even happen for me. Yeah. Like, it's not an unfinished story because it's not even a story that started for me. And this is when 
we get sign number two because mm-hmm. Celine comes in and, you know, she's like, sorry, I got to steal him away. We have a press conference. And Idon's like, okay, we won't keep you, but I want my doctor to look at you. And right. Celine says, why? I already handled that. Mm-hmm. And Idon's like, and Sarkon kind of agrees. And Idon's like, I don't care. Like, you're my son and I need to know with my own eyes and ears that you're okay. And, of course, Sarkon's like, yeah, this is my mom insisting. There's no arguing. So – because she also wants to have a party too. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I guess there's no arguing for that either. So – which is very typical Sarkon because in episode one, you know, or episode two, when he introduces Ada to her and she goes off, he's like, well, this is typical mom. Have at it. Like – Right. So that that tracks. Um. But yeah, so Idon's like, no, I won't hear another word about it. We're going to see my doctor, and I just want to hear what he has to say. So he's like, okay, mom, and then also yep. a welcome home party. It's going to happen whether he wants it or not. So right. shall we summarize this entire Ingen and Pearl thing yeah. right now? Well, I'll give it to you in one sentence. Uh, <laughs> Engin overhears Pearl on the phone confirming that she wants to get a cat and Engin thinks that she's pregnant. Yes. There you go. And then <laughs> it all comes to fruition at the end of the at episode the at the when party. Denise brings out a cradle and she's uh, because Engin is making Pearl make the announcement to yes. Serkan because he yes. thinks it's a baby. Right. And she's like, oh, we are adopting a kitten. Uh-huh. And he says, we're having a baby. And then everybody... <laughs> It's awkward and they all kind of laugh and Sarkon is very confused again. Yes. He's like, a cradle isn't appropriate for a for kitten. For a kitten. Uh-huh. And sweet baby angel Denise is like, oh, I misunderstood Engen. Mm-hmm. I made the wrong thing. He tries he to like. He saves Engen's butt. Is yes, what he, he does. does. And, and I then. Free. Yes. <laughs> I was cracking up because Fairy is like, oh, this is hilarious. And he. <laughs> after they're like kind of coming down from the whole uh-huh. thing and Pearl's kind of like, okay, everything's fine, Ingen. Like we're, uh-huh. everything's going to be okay. And, and Farid is like, so Ingen, what do you think? <laughs> uh, what are you thinking? Private school or public, public school? school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was like such a tiny little part, but it was like the, was, the the laugh we all desperately needed absolutely, at this point. Absolutely. I was oh like, my gosh. that was genius. It so was good. absolutely. <laughs> so um, the only thing I will touch on is because it was another Han care trolling thing is during the course of this whole pregnancy confusion, mm-hmm. um, Angen is like, sends Erdem on a wild goose chase hunting down a very specific fruit. For green plums. For green plums. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, a story about one kilo of green plums when Honda and Karem first met in person mm-hmm. and for the show and they were having they had the meeting at Karem's um he had he had a kilo of green plums because he loves green plums and was like offering them to Hyundai and she was like I don't want him to eat alone so I had one too but I literally just had like one and he ate like the rest of the bag <laughs> And like twenty minutes later, was having stomach was on the issues, <laughs> and they had to end the meeting early. What a dummy! Because he ate a kilo of green plums. Oh my gosh! Imagine getting to dummy. tell that story to your grandkids <laughs> about the first time you met their mother, their grandmother in person. Um. Anyways, so, so I was like, I'm sorry. There's no way they did not infuse this green plum thing in uh, on purpose. So, 
that's anyhow so i just it is funny so yeah that's that with ingen and pearl so we don't have mm-hmm. to keep going over it every time it comes up so yeah Melo is now convincing Ida, like, listen, Idon loves you. She will help. Men listen to their mothers. And she's like, well, let's see if this one does. Like, he's an updated mm-hmm. robot who's even more cruel and like a like an iceberg. He's a wall. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then, oh, God bless Sirius. Sirius. Our this baby. So good. We get a little showdown. Yes, we do. Because Erdem had taken Sirius for a little walk and he brings him back in. And of course, Sirius uh, sees Serkan and Serkan gets all excited. So Sirius My comes son. up to him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's like, are you ready to go home? And Eda is like, oh, no way. Heck Mm-mm. no. Mm-mm. So she just says very calmly, very quietly she says serious and then he turns right around and comes straight back to her yes he does and she's like no i've been taking care of him for the last two months he's Uh used to me and he's like i leave him for two months at a time all the time for business like this is not anything new and she's like well maybe that'll teach you to stop leaving then which good for her so and yeah i love this i would have loved it more though if they had stayed more true to sarah thing with Sirius where he doesn't like anyone but Serkan because that's why it was such a shock that he was so lovable to Edda right away. So the right. fact that like you Erdem's would think taking that him would on register in in Serkan's well, mind but too. Look, but Sirius is like walking with Erdem. He's acting fi- like yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. True. They didn't stick with that. Like if they yeah. had stuck more with like yeah Edda's the only one who him can take him out. Everybody. Yes like Erdem can't take him for a walk. Melo can't take him for a walk. Nobody else can take him for a walk but Edda. Because then again, this doesn't track with the whole, oh, I leave him for two months all the time for business. Well, then who takes care of him because he doesn't like anyone or trust anyone but you? So, like, that's That's where that didn't fully make sense to me. What should have happened was him him being like, wait, I'm sorry, what? Like, Mm -hmm. he's not only stayed with you for two months, but he comes when you call him and he's preferring you and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, that – I would have appreciated that more. However – just the fact that when she's like, well, choose. Let's see who he chooses. And he stays mm-hmm. right by his mother's side. Yep. Chef's kiss. Mwah. Yes. Because she's Very like, no, good. he's mine now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would fight for Zuzu, so. <laughs> oh, 100%. A special. Oh, can you imagine Jason not having a memory of me, but of Jack and him trying to think he's going to take Jack yeah. from me? Yeah. No way. There no is way. absolutely we, no we way. We would both we would both get custody in those situations. Uh yes, we would. Our our mud brain men could deal with us and you and I can like live golden girl style with uh-huh. our dogs. Yep. Hoping that our dumb idiot husbands remember us Regain one day. their memory at some point. Ha, <laughs> yeah. huh, Jack, you'd stay with mama, huh? Zuzu would for sure stay with me. She knew me before she ever knew Eric. Yeah. See, and I always that's, tell Eric that I'm the leader of the pack in her eyes. <laughs> see, what worries me is Jason is definitely Jack's favorite. Oh. But I don't know. I also, though, he's very, very in tune with emotions. Mm. So if he – when he knows I'm upset or even thinks I'm upset, like mm-hmm. a couple of times while I was watching – um I, I finished Sheriff Messi-Lessi this week, mm. and me and Miriam were, like, texting, and it was just ripping our hearts out, and we were sending, like, voice memos and stuff to each other, and, like, mm. at one point, I was, like, sobbing, 
Mm-hmm. And poor Jack is like up in my face, like pawing at me. I'm like trying to <laughs> and I feel so bad because I'm like, this isn't like you're trying to comfort me and this isn't even like a real I'm watching a fictional show rip my right. heart out. But I was like, poor Jack too. He like doesn't know what to do because he's like he sees that I'm so upset. Like so I think my emotions in a situation like that, I think he would stay with me and want to like mm. comfort me. So anyways, all that to be said. <laughs> Good job, Sirius. <laughs> yes. So um, we end up having Ifair at Denise's, and then she gets the news from mm-hmm. Milo about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, I don't know. Do we want to just go over Ifair and Alex? Yeah, you guys. So here we go. Uh, we thought they were still bickering over him with the whole like, oh, he hasn't left my side since Sercon disappeared. Oh, I don't really see him that much at work. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? Ifair and Alex are an item. So he really is. They really are trying to make fetch a thing. Yeah. And so they're together, but they're hiding it because of all the horrible things Edda has been through. Doesn't want to flaunt her happiness in front of her niece or anyone else for that matter. But Alex, like the adult he is, is like – can we stop hiding though? Like we're adults. We're can we adults. Just tell them what's going on. Yeah. Can we just tell people what's going on? And knowing Edda, she will be happy for her aunt anyways. So get real. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. So basically, it's this whole thing of them hiding. Only Denise knows they're together. So they like meet up at the cafe and stuff. And eventually, he's at her house after thinking she has told the girls. And when Melo shows back up home, she shoves him behind a couch. And it's very apparent that um, they have not told anyone. So, And this happens over and over again. Yeah. And they don't tell anybody uh, through the whole episode. Mm-hmm. And we start where we began. So right. So that's that with them. Exactly. So we get the press conference. Mm-hmm. They're prepper prep, – prep, whoa – words ashley I, you uh, were prepping and preparing is that what yep. you were trying to say at the same time they were yep. prep, they were preparing <laughs> yep and celine shocker doesn't want sercon to tell anybody where he was or what's oh, happened oh yeah because everyone else will then start to question the sanity of the woman quote helping him yeah and it obviously won't be great well none of this is going to be great though no. for uh the company sure for the pr of the company but edda comes in and she takes literally takes matters into her own hands mm-hmm. can i just point out number one though as she's talking to him and she's like my love we're preparing for the pre-, and she's got her hands on him and he's like not even paying attention to her mm-hmm. and i'm like there was just something so satisfying about that yeah because like if that were edda and him in pre memory loss times he would absolutely welcome that distraction yeah but with celine he's like i'm working so he's just listening to the facts she's spewing and he's dead focused on these numbers that don't look right now Mm. i have to say at first i was annoyed but then i was like you know what though it was it isn't really believable that a woman who has never run a company would all would just keep it going perfectly and things are things are like wonderful and the best they've ever been so i'm like you know what it's kind of good that there that there's numbers that don't add up like things that don't you know yeah she's not trying to run the company in the ground she's doing everything she can to keep it afloat but Mm -hmm. she's not a professional (laughs) well and over the last year they've had a lot of crazy stuff happen at the firm yes and they have gone through some financial distressors as a company as well yes so while it showcased her talent as a designer by winning those awards and stuff i like that it's like oh look she's not a perfect ceo though like right i did actually like that 
when yeah. I thought about it. So anyways, um, yeah. So she goes to get the press conference people because she's like, we just need to take care of this. And he's like, okay, bring them in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Edda comes in and in a desperate act of trying to jog uh-huh. his memory, which, you know, she's thinking along the right lines. Right. That's, I would think the same thing. Like, right. maybe this will give him a flash and mm-hmm. he'll suddenly remember. Well, she handcuffs them together. <laughs> <laughs> which and of- I love her her anticipatory face right yes. before she does it because she you can tell she's kind of freaking out and she's like okay is this gonna work will this work am i doing am i really uh-huh. doing this and then she does it and of course he's like what are you doing what's <laughs> going on why would you do something like this well and she's like waiting for it before she answers and she's uh-huh. like well i felt like it and he's like clearly you felt like it and she's like and eventually says, like, well, I was hoping it would trigger something. And he's like, what is this supposed to remind me of? Were we partners in crime? Here's Han Care Troll number three. Because they have both captioned photos of themselves with the hashtag partners in crime. In crime. Mm-hmm. Well, I love what she says, though. Me she too. Says, my, she's like, yes, my crime is loving you and your sentence is me. Uh-huh. And the verdict is given and... And what we have to do is a lifetime of togetherness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. But honestly, he's just like, okay, you're clearly crazy, which he also yes. says in the first episode yes, when she does he does. That. But he's just concerned about these numbers. Like, right. this does not add up. This is not adding up. And But then Celine walks in ready to bring the press people in. And what kills me is that when it's revealed that she did the handcuffs and Ed is like, yeah, you remember these, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because technically they're her handcuffs. Yeah. Like, from isn't her engagement party. The irony is that the handcuffs from her and Federit's very broken engagement is what yep. keeps connecting Ed and Sarakon. Anyways. Yep. Um, so – the fact that she calls Edda unbelievable. You are the manipulate. Like, you're literally inducing Stockholm Syndrome into this man. Mm-hmm. But Edda's the unbelievable one for trying to jog his memory. Supposedly, yes. In her warped world, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Edda is the, the incredible one. So we have this whole kind of power struggle between the two of them because he's like, I'm having trouble understanding this. Maybe you could explain to me he's like really i don't understand and then he's like and this the handcuffs he's like i don't understand one bit he's like i mean you're just crazy so she's kind of saying yeah yeah you know i lost it when you returned Mm -hmm. and then sarkhan is like excuse me celine we're not ready for the press do you see what's going on here uh so the press finally comes in and um they end up well because it does like listen i'm a partner we're definitely doing this press conference together that's right get over that's it right. like yeah yep yeah so they're just going back and forth and he's like well you can't make me do anything i'm not obligated to it to do anything that i don't want to do and she's like sorry i'm a partner those are the rules yep <laughs> so yeah the press conference happens they're asking yeah. him of course about the accident like yes you know, and he's like, "What?" They ask him what he missed the most, and he mm-hmm. says, "Work." But yeah. then Edda takes over when they start asking more personal questions because you know, um, uh, they're like, um, "What about the wedding plans?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, those aren't on hold. Haven't we lost enough time already?" Like, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "So how did you feel seeing Edda again?" And you know what's <laughs> yeah. funny? 
I think he was genuinely honest with this. Yes, I, don't, I, I think so too. Because he looks over at Celine, he's looking at Edda, and he says, honestly, mixed feelings. Which means mm-hmm. he, like, he felt his heart. He felt, felt something. something. He felt something. Yes. He felt something. And then the reporter says, well, you can tell by your eyes that you're happy. And Which is like, like, yes, I mm-hmm. oh, I loved that. Where it's like, look at even these outsiders can see like what you clearly can't yet. Like they can yep. see your heart because all you're listening to is your mind, which is, of course, very Sarkon logic versus, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. This There was a moment right at the end of this that almost – it might have made me the saddest, honestly. Mm-hmm. It was such a tiny thing. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're going through the interview and – Edda says something to the effect of nobody can steal our happiness now. Yes. Because she's putting on the face for the Mm -hmm. press. And then immediately after she says that, you see the realization on her face that what she said was a total lie Mm -hmm. and that their happiness seemingly is is gone right now. And she just gets this look on her face and she looks totally devastated. Mm -hmm. And that almost felt more painful to Mm -hmm. me than all of her screaming and crying previously. Yeah. I was like, that is horrible. <laughs> well, because, because she's putting on this this mm-hmm. face. She's putting on this front so that everybody believes that everything is going to be okay for the sake of the company. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, she's just dying inside. Right. Well, and when you're screaming and yelling and all this stuff, you have fight left in you. You have mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? There's something, there's that spark. There's that motivation to you know, um, fight for what you want. There's that hope. There's this. But quiet acceptance like that, quiet realization, like, yeah, it is more devastating. It's Mm -hmm. quieter, but it's so much more impactful. Yeah. So So after the conference, (laughs) uh, Serkan's like, please don't call me Ashkam. (laughs) And don't talk like that in front of the press, blah, blah, blah. So she's like, well, I did that because I didn't want the company to suffer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're doing it for the company. That's a big joke. For my company. And yeah. that's when she's like, actually, our company, you seem <laughs> to keep forgetting I'm a partner in this. Like, mm-hmm. And, of course, then she's like – she grabs his wrist to look at his watch and she's like, by the way, we have a meeting. I don't have time to continue arguing with you. And he's like, I'm going to talk to this client. I've known Paleen Hunnam – forever and she's like yes but i've been working with her like Mm -hmm. i'm the one that has the relationship with her now and he's she's telling him how it's going to be and i love it because he's like maybe you suffered memory loss because nobody if you really knew me you'd know nobody tells me how it will be and i just wrote lol sarkon you don't (laughs) even know because what happens is she does tell him and she does get her way and they are driving in the jeep to this meeting before yes. just before this though um there's more i don a mother's heart talk with i fair alex and denise that pisses me off yeah um the three musketeers layla melo and erdem mm. are like researching memory loss and stuff and it leads to this whole conversation of erdem being like well i will bring someone to the party because now that i've broken up with fifi i'm able to <laughs> i'm able to contact all these people in my address book and blah 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 <laughs> which of course none of them believe him because he tells this whole story about this girl sophie who he met in Spanish class, and she's Spanish, and right. all this stuff. And so she's going to come to the party, and they're like, why would someone who's Spanish need to take a Spanish class? And he's, like, seemingly caught in his lie because he's like, yeah, why would someone who's Spanish take a Spanish class? Right. Um, 
but it almost is more it's meant to come across as him like lying but it's i think it's more him being like yeah that is weird how did i meet her in spanish class mm-hmm. like when she's spanish because when it all comes down to it they wind up making these bets about whether she's real or not all this stuff and she does show up to the party Mm-hmm. and this felt a little bit like a Han care troll too because like yeah we're we're friends we're close we're this <laughs> like it just made me laugh but uh yeah so she is a very real person who knows Erdem enough to want to come to a party with him yep. so he wins the bet and he refers to the girls as his servants after that yes and it's cute and funny so yeah Anyways, meanwhile, Ed's there in the Jeep. Because yes. of the way they're handcuffed, Sarah has to drive. And yeah. he's doing it horribly. And she's like, what is wrong with you? Did you forget how to drive, too, yeah. with your memory loss? And he's like, what I'm driving isn't a car. This is, like, basically a hunk of metal. And she's like, don't she's call like, him be that. Be respectful. His name <laughs> he is. He has a name. <laughs> His name is Dalo. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, this is, re- of course, I don't remember that. Because why would I remember something stupid like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So then they get a phone call and they realize there's been a misunderstanding and the client actually went to the firm. Yes. And not – they were go- they thought they needed to go to her, but they she was actually coming to them. So he's like, fine, we're going to talk about work uh, since we're headed back to the office anyway. But she starts giving him the silent treatment. I love it because he's like, update <laughs> me on this project then. And she just doesn't tell him anything because it's like, mm-hmm. no, the meeting – she has all the information she needs to be updated on this. Mm-hmm. And so she's not going to tell him. And I freaking love it. I love he's it. like, oh, well, so professional. Mm-hmm. He's all mad about it. But these are like – she's – Ed has got very few cards to play. Yes. So you know what? Girlfriend's got to play the ones that she can. And right. this is one of them. And good yep. for her. Good mm-hmm. for her. So they're back at Art Life. The meeting yep. will still happen with the handcuffs because the uh, locksmith hasn't shown up yet. Even though Serkan's like, no, we're going to cancel. Ed does like – no, yeah, we're whatever. Not. And she storms into the office and just drags him along behind her. I love it so much. Now, again, like, number one, there's more than one locksmith. Number two, uh, yeah. clearly, there is a – you keep being able to open these and then handcuff each other with them. And so sorry, nobody has wire cutters in this office? Yeah, so that you can't – yeah, just <laughs> – Get some pliers. Just clip. And, uh-huh. They, and then they at least- were They were from a, an engagement invitation. They can't be that strong. Right. And like, yeah, clip them and then at least you each- Yeah, you're still wearing them, but you're separate. But you're separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You can function like normal uh-huh. humans. <laughs> but that's not the point of these handcuffs, so. Exactly. Um, anyways, so the meeting's going to happen. Um, and- so she, Pailene Hanum shows up. Serkan tries to take over and God bless this woman. And she's like, uh, excuse me, Serkan Bey, mm-hmm. um, while your perspective is important to me because I worked with you in the past and I do want to discuss this with you at some point, I'm here for Edda. Yep. And then so she's like, Edda, She's like, I've been working continue. closely with her. I want to hear what she has to say. We've been working at this for so long now. So Edda explains her whole side Mm -hmm. and why she wants to add the housing, blah, blah, blah. And Pelin is like, I understand. Now, you you and I both know that there are downsides to this. Mm -hmm. It's going to up the budget. It's going to lengthen the timeline. And, of course, Sarah Khan is like nodding along all Mm -hmm. cockily like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I could have told you this if I had time to talk. (laughs) But in the end, I know. (laughs) But in the end, she – is like, you know, I love, you know, I love 
Serkan's attention to detail. Mm -hmm. And this is a very hard decision, but she ends up going with Edda's suggestion. Right. Because Edda points out that it will add more value. Mm -hmm. And while she's talking about Serkan's attention to detail and all this stuff, so basically how if they're both working on this, it's going to be a perfect project. Yes. Serkan says, I mean, he's saying it cockily, but he's like, small details – dot 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 big differences uh-huh and part of me was like was that like a nod to her drawing in the little prince book because she wrote that quote um small steps dot 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 big goals like hmm. when she did that whole drawing and everything in that book for him so i was like i guess i assumed this was supposed to be um a, f- a foreshadowing because everything to me is a foreshadowing um oh. so i assume that this is going to be like a small details are what's going to make a big difference in him or <gasps> his memory yeah hopefully i think that's more correct because don't you think that with sarkon too with his mm. personality you know obviously right now he's dealing with a lot but he is very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. So he's going to notice if there are little discrepancies mm-hmm. in what he's being told versus what is being done. What's happening. Yeah. Yes. <gasps> You're right. Small so details, I was big hoping that was a foreshadowing because I hope so. of his memory loss. I hope that so much where he's going to start to question and hopefully question silently so that Celine's not on to him. Yep. Um, where he's like, well, I still don't know, so I don't want to, like, piss off the one person who is consistent with me. And also, too, I need to be able to ask her stuff to see if she is actually lying. So, like, yes. hopefully he'll he'll be, like, all about these little indiscrepancies on his own. Yeah. Which will suck for Edda thinking that he still, you know, like, is all about entrusting Celine, if that's the case. But mm-hmm. I will like that he's, like, yeah, going to piece together these small details that make a big difference. Yeah. So what's even cooler about this is Paline hires Edda and says, oh, I don't even need a presentation. I trust you. And mm-hmm. the look on Serkan's face, like, that they don't have to put together, like, plans or a presentation. She just trusts Edda's vision is, like, huge. Mm-hmm. I, because I feel like that's going to have to say a lot to him, too. Because yeah. the fact, okay, like, he doesn't trust this person. He thinks that she's just being, like, manipulative. But, like, the fact that someone trusts her vision enough professionally to do, like, yeah, that, that's got to say something. Yeah, definitely. So. Then we have a funny little moment at the end of it. They, the, Pauline Hanum leaves and they have a little moment of bickering and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, well, we only got that because she trusts me. And then he's like, oh, oh, no, he says that. Yeah. And he's like, only because she trusts me. And she's like, oh, you don't seem to be listening. And then they realize that his hand, his arm is still tucked behind her, uh-huh. her back. She's like, uh, what are you doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. And he kind of comes out of it. Right. So, again, it's like a muscle memory thing. Muscle memory, my bro. Muscle yeah. memory. So. Okay. So we're going to try to edit out the grass mowing. But, <laughs> hey, guys, listen, we've already told you. We do this from home. Landscaping on Thursday. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Things just happen. So, um, so, so now. the locksmith comes. The locksmith comes and, um, yeah, like separates them. And that's pretty much like it other edda does make a comment like oh i guess this one doesn't have any morals and sarkhan's like what do you mean she's like well the last time this happened they wouldn't separate us because he like thought we were handcuffed by the cops and didn't want to get in trouble and he's like wait 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 
this happened before. Like, this is when he realizes, like, that's why you did this. Like, yes. we've been through something this stupid before. Right. Then Celine is, ooh, this whole moment, I was like, okay, okay. So Celine is like, yes, Eda, it would be good if you don't waste our time anymore on such ridiculous nonsense. <sighs> You've ruined our whole schedule for the day. And, oh, man, Eda is like, I was she, like, clap back, girl. She claps back and she's like, let's talk then. Well, mm-hmm. and isn't that interesting? Because well, she's like, don't you dare talk to me that way. It, well, and I love that. Uh-huh. Oh, me too. And on top of that, um, uh, Sirkon, you're with this woman now. You're not going to stick around and defend your girlfriend? Nope. You're just like, I'm going to take these handcuffs and keep them so you don't do this again. Bye. And like strolls out and leaves them to their own defenses. And so I just... I, I did notice this whole episode. Yes, he is, quote, with Celine, but she is the one only showing affection uh-huh. the entire time. Yep. He's saying, like, oh, yes, I feel better that you're here. Uh-huh. I remember you. It's helping right. me the, yep. to know that you're here. But he never is like, nope. I love you. I appreciate you. He nope. never shows her physical affection. Nope. He's always the one receiving. He is never the one giving. And I thought that was really important for them to make that distinction yep. for him not to be making those moves to protect her, to defend her, to do all of these things. Uh-huh. And she is the one who's making the claim on him and being uh-huh. like, I'm never going to leave you. I'm always going to be with you. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of you, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> So yep. I appreciated that. Because the heart knows, Sarah Khan, mm-hmm. the heart knows. Well, and even later on, w- after we get the whole blow up between him and Edda, which we'll go over in detail, when he calls Angan out of confusion after that, and Angan tries to help him piece this stuff together, you know, and he's like, look, man, no, these are real photos. This was really you. I know you don't remember it. Yep. And he's like, but I, I don't love her. And he's like – do you love Celine? And just like old Serkan, he doesn't actually answer that question. Yep. Because no, he does not. No, it, he doesn't. She is familiar. Mm-hmm. She has manipulated him to only feel, quote, safe with her. Like, it's it's Stockholm Syndrome along mm-hmm. with all this other stuff. So it's, yeah, he's clinging to that because it's familiar, not because it's what he wants, not because it's what he cares about. It's just there's lots of things that are familiar. Yep. Like that doesn't make them good. It just makes them familiar. Exactly. There are exactly. plenty of people and situations in my life that I am, quote, familiar with. Yeah. But that doesn't make any of those things good. No. So. Yep. Excellent point. Yeah. So we get this little conversation, this confrontation confrontation between uh, Celine and Edda. Mm-hmm. And Edda is like – all right, let's talk. What are you going to do? What's going to happen when Sarkon regains his memory? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do then? And Celine, of course, is thinking in the now, and she's mm-hmm. thinking of her whole notorious and nefarious plan. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Edda, right now you're not in Sarkon's mind. Accept that already. And she's like, oh, he'll remember, Celine. He will. Mm-hmm. And Celine is like, I can't explain it, I guess. Let me put it this way. You're not in Serkan's mind now. Right now, you're a stranger to him. But we don't know whether you you were in his past, but we don't know whether you're going to be in his future. 
Therefore, and it is like, uh, sorry, Sarkon fell in love with me once. Mm-hmm. He'll do it again. Yep. And this was also clue number two that Celine is doing something to mm-hmm. keep her confidence oh so high because Edda is Edda's confidence comes from the power of their love. Celine's mm-hmm. confidence comes from the power of her manipulation. Yeah, because Edda just keeps talking about. Mm-hmm. When the truth comes out, all this stuff, she's mm-hmm. like, I'm really curious what you're going to do right. when he remembers everything. Well, because she even says, like, I know you're li- filling his head with lies about me. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the one. And she's like, this is when she makes that mirror comment about, yeah. I just showed him a mirror. And she's like, no, you're full of it. I know you. Like, mm-hmm. and I know him. You're, like, basically, you're playing a game and you're manipulating him. And she says, you don't even deserve one gram of him and of course saline's like i won't lose him again and i'm like yeah because you're clearly doing something that's quote gonna guarantee that yes and that to me is her showing her cards in all of this Mm -hmm. because she's like no i'm not gonna lose my grip on this situation that i am currently controlling yep so now we're at idon's denise has been designing and doing stuff for her so they've got a relationship too Mm -hmm. and so he's showing that and sarkon and saline walk in introductions are made because Denise, while he has been full-fledged <laughs> searching for this man, has never actually met him or right. Celine before. So I love it because Idon introduces them. And at first, Sarkhan's like, oh, have I met you before? Like, are you someone I met in the last year? And he's right. like, no, no, I actually didn't show up to Istanbul until two weeks after your disappearance. I'm hel- I've am helped looked for you. And then Idon clarifies, like, he's one of Edda's childhood friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah. And Sarkhan's kind of like, oh, like, I guess it's a good thing. Maybe you didn't find me right away. Clearly talking about him being able to recover and all this stuff. And um, he's like, well, yeah, we, number one, like we didn't, I was, we were going to start moving to other countries. Slovenia was one of the ones next on my list, but I had exhausted all of Italy first. But right. actually, God bless him for defending his friend. Maybe it's a good thing that you weren't found right away because mm-hmm. at least it was better for Edda to live with the hope of you than to know that she's been entirely forgotten. Yeah. And it felt like that stung maybe just a little bit with yes, Sarkon. Even I agree. Like maybe he doesn't know why or like like does that bother me that he said that? Why does it bother right. me that he said that? Like, But something about it kind of struck him a tiny bit. Like yep. nothing crazy where he gets jealous or anything like that. But like – I just liked that. It felt like there was a hint of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Idon's still stressing about the party. Denise offers his cafe for it. Mm-hmm. And um, and so now the party is going to be at his cafe. And then Celine and Sirkon need to leave for whatever reason. And they walk out kind of with their arms draped loosely around the other. And, like, yeah. they're both watching as they walk away. And Denise is kind of like, this is the dude. And Idon, of course, is like – listen he's not himself like mm-hmm. i'm sorry and he's like no i understand he's been through a huge trauma like denise is being understanding about it yeah. but at the same time you can tell he like doesn't want to see his friend hurt. like yeah so um so yeah. that night at the yilda's household all the girls are gathered and uh denise is there he's fixing a couple things for them and so they ask if he met sarkhan and he explains yes he did but you know they didn't chat much he was with some some girl and they ended up leaving and of course melo and dran are like oh, the blonde snake mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly or yellow centipede yellow centipede uh-huh. i, I like that i liked that better <laughs> so they're all upset and ed ends up telling them that she tried to handcuff him to see if it would jog mm-hmm. his memory. 
and it didn't do any good. Yeah. And she's kind of getting herself riled up again. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm leaving right now. Because well, they're telling her to be patient. And she's mm-hmm. like, I don't have the time or energy to be patient. I need to do something now. Right. So she's going to go and confront him. Right. And God bless Denise. He's like, I'll drive you. Did you yes, hit your mic again? I did. <laughs> um, I'll drive you because the, they all freak out. And he's like, don't mm-hmm. worry. You guys just stay here with the dog. I'll take her. So she's right. not going to be alone. Right. Um, now, I honestly have mixed feelings about this mm-hmm. because my logical side is like, honey, it's been one day. you got to give yourself time. you got to mm-hmm. give him time. Mm-hmm. He has his sad little sloshy brain. And I – but the other I understand. part, but the other part of me is like, actually, it's been over two months. She just didn't Correct. get to be a for, part of it for, for that. her. It's mm-hmm. been for her. It's been two months. But I guess my point is, he's only been back for mm-hmm. one day. Yeah, and she has already tried one thing with the handcuffs. They've talked. She's confronted him. Mm-hmm. They've spent a lot of time together this whole day. It's just that same night, mm-hmm. and she's going back over there to confront him. Yeah. See, I see it as like. Because he – I understand that des- desperation because he doesn't – he, like, doesn't want to remember. It's not like he's even, like – for her, she's, like, it doesn't even seem like he wants to remember me because he's, like, fine with being what he was comfortable with. So I think that's where the fear comes from. It's, like, I think if he was being more, like, look, I'm trying to remember, but I'm just not. Like, mm-hmm. and so – but his whole thing is, like – this whole time has been, I just don't remember you. I met you for the first time. I'm with Celine. I'm the, like, where it doesn't, for, as far as she can tell, like, he doesn't want to remember. He has no desire to try and remember. So it's like all falling on her to make it happen. But does she have to do it all in one day? <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> no. That's, that's my only thing. I'm like, yes, he's been gone for two months, but he's still recovering from a huge accident. Mm-hmm. So I... Uh, I don't know. I, obviously, this is DZ time. So that right. is going to be something different than what you might encounter in real life. Yeah. But for all she knows, it this might just take time for him to recover his memory. She was just telling Celine he's going to recover his memory. And when he does, you're going to have some explaining to do. Right. So she's clearly confident that it is going to happen at some point. Right. So part of me is like – Honey, you don't have to push him right now. Yeah. But emotions and logic are at war here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So So that's why I'm like, I have mixed feelings because I do understand it. Sure. But part of me is like, give him a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's all. I I go back and forth with this whole thing. Yeah. Of her going that night back over there (laughs) in his face. (laughs) Well, and so we do pan over to the bullet house. Selena's there with him and again she's like look at this like she, <laughs> it's so laughable because i'm like it why is. why is this the man you so desperately want I know. he she does is not delusional like he does not give two flying no she pieces doesn't. of about you uh-huh. like he is you're sitting here with him go look at this place in <laughs> copenhagen babe maybe we can go there one day blah blah, blah. and he's like uh-huh uh-huh uh, he's oh, like i need to deal with business <laughs> it's nice like and he's focused on this work stuff and i'm like this is why you left him uh-huh like why do you want this back like so clearly this is more than just like well it's not that you love him because you don't 
or you wouldn't yeah. be doing any of this. No. Um, th- but this just goes even beyond that. It's like clearly you're just a woman scorned mm-hmm. and you just can't stand the fact that you lost both of them. And so, yeah, like it's just so diabolical. And, I like, know. Anyways, so yeah, so he's clearly distracted. She's the mm. one showing all the feels and affection and being reminiscent. And, you know, he basically is like, I need to sort my head, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, of course you do. You've been through so much. You've made all this progress, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I'll go so you can rest and sort your head. Gives him a cheek kiss, puke, let me throw up again, and leaves. And he's like, see ya. Mm-hmm. He's like, thanks. Thank you, Celine. Not thank you, Ashka. Not uh. thank you, Celine. <laughs> thank you, Celine. That's it. Thank you, Celine. Uh-huh. So Edda shows up a bit later. Yeah. Let's knocks, but she clearly like unlocks the door and lets herself <laughs> in, which I just freaking love. She's and, like, we need to talk. <laughs> right. And it's just this whole I didn't take screenshots, but like it's just this whole uh heartbreaking thing because she's yeah. desperate. She's like, listen, we need to talk. And he's like, you can make an appointment if we need to talk. We can talk tomorrow yeah, at work. And we'll she's like, this isn't about work. Like, you know, and she's like I know you don't remember, but I do. And this mm-hmm. is real. And he and she starts pulling out these photos. And who is this man? Yeah. And he's like, she's like, look at this. Look at this. And she's pulling out all these different photos of these memories. And he's like, yeah. listen, that man is not me. I am not that man. Mm-hmm. Like, boo Adam, like, or what does he say? Yeah, boo Adam yoke. Like, yeah. Ben Delim. Ben like, Deal. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. me. And, you know, and he's like, you know this man right here in the photos, but you don't know this one. And he's like yeah. pointing at himself. And um, and I and honestly, I get all of this from him. I get it. Like, I do get it that he's just like, yeah, these are two different people because for yeah. him they are. Yeah. And, you know, but she's like, he's no. Like, I don't know who this this person is. Right. And he's like and he pulls a photo and he's like, look at this photo. And he's like, Celine told me about this. Like mm-hmm. and, you know, and he's like, look how stressed I look because it's the first time that she ever kissed him when they walk right. up on stage. And she's like, of course you look stressed. I was nervous, we too. Didn't we didn't know each other. Right. That was an impulsive thing. And we didn't know each other then. But we've been through so much since then. Like, and she shows him the engagement photos. And she mm-hmm. shows him, like, all these other moments they've shared. And she's like, Serkan, I know you. I know what's fake and real. And she's just, she's trying so hard. But she can't keep her emotions in check. Right. And nobody can blame her for that. Right. And she's like, Bakbana, Ben Eda, like, like she's just it's me how can you not see me and right. and he's just like shaking his head like no that doesn't exist for me yeah. and you know and she's like and she just loses it and she's yeah. like fine like here then you tear these up and she's like better and they're, they're everywhere she just throws them everywhere yeah. and she's like better yet let her tear them up let her erase me entirely from your past like she already has like yeah. let her erase these two she's erased me let her get rid of these pictures like she knows this is Celine. and, and she's then like, she was here wasn't she i can see that she was here she got her wish you've forgotten me you've forgotten everything and he's trying to calm her down she breaks the glasses i freaking love that because that's very our edda oh very mm -hmm. and he he finally is like trying to he's trying to calm her down and she's like no forget it and she just walks out almost like he's starting to see for the first time like the humanity in her like Mm -hmm. that she's not just maybe maybe crossed fingers that she's not just this evil manipulative person that like uh Celine has told him 
because I mean she she essentially has a emotional breakdown right there, right? And you know, and so he is he's like because he calls her Edda, not Edda Hanum, mm-hmm. like he did when she first got there, mm-hmm. and he's like Edda, calm down calm down but yeah you're at that point she's just done she like pushes him in the chest and storms out she can't handle anymore no she can't handle and so i before she gets back home and melo's like i love this he's she's like serious when's your dad gonna remember your mom and i'm like oh that's all of us and then she makes that funny comment about dog custody and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and edda gets home with denise she's in tears of course and so she starts crying we pan back over though and angan has come over um, because Sirkon called him and he's like, what's up, man? Like, what's wrong? And he's like, whoa, what happened in this? It looks like a battlefield in here. And he's like, well, the Edda you all love so much did this. And right. God bless Engen again because he defends Edda. Yeah, he's like, hang on, hang on. Edda, Edda is somebody that you loved too. You loved her a lot. And this girl has been torn apart for two months. Mm-hmm. So I love that Engen brings that perspective into like, right. hey, look, I know you've been through a lot. But she has been thinking you're gone right. for two months as well. And so uh, Sarkhan kind of explains, you know, the pictures. These don't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. And this is when I love that Angan asks. Yes. But Celine means something to you? Yep. And he's like, look, Angan, I don't remember an entire mm-hmm. year, okay? My father left my mother. The mother who couldn't go outside is actually going outside now. Mm-hmm. The company's shares have changed hands. You and Pearl got married. So everything that I know is suddenly different for me. Mm-hmm. And Engen's like, okay, I I get it. You mm-hmm. know, now seeing it from your perspective, you're right too. And then Sarkhan explains, Celine is the only thing that didn't change for me. She stayed the same. Therefore, I'm there. This I thought yes. was really key. Yep. He because and this is where we know he is clinging only because it's familiar and hasn't is the one thing that hasn't changed. Yep. For him. Exactly. Not because he loves her, not because he even needs her. Mm-hmm. Like he he just needs the familiarity that she represents. Yep. It's not signaling that he needs. Exactly. If if he had only remembered Engen, if he had only remembered like it would be the same thing. Only they would all actually be helping him and not manipulating him, but, you know. Right, right. So So we flip over (sighs) back to the Yildizes and we get that conversation we talked about earlier where Edda's like, what if he's just using this as an excuse and he's tired of me and he's just got scared and doesn't want to get married? And then Melo is is like, no, 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 let me stop you there. I know for a fact that he would never do something like that. So after that, basically, Edda gets upset and she's like, I want to be alone. And she goes up to her room. I do appreciate Denise trying to offer her perspective, though, because he's like, listen, while you were in there and I was waiting in the car for you, Mm -hmm. I did talk to some of my, like, doctor friends abroad. And honestly, the fact that he survived what he did with Mm -hmm. as little injury, as much as this is a devastating injury for you, like, he could have died. He shouldn't even be alive. He could have died. He could have lost all of his memory. He could have even lost his ability to speak. Like, right. And what? so it's like, even though that's not what's hurting her right now, because part of her right. is like, I almost feel like that would like that hurt less, hurt less. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yes, he's alive. He's breathing. So there is hope. Yeah. That, you know, there's still hope. But then, yeah, she's like, I just want to be alone. And yeah. St- and goes to her room. So, because, yeah, she says, well, so what do I do, Denise? 
I just continue to watch the man I love distance himself from me and not remember me. Like, yeah. She's and like, really, I don't accept this situation. Yeah. Yeah. No. So now it's the next day. Doctor visit at home. And again, the big tell right here. Celine brought this doctor even after Idon mm-hmm. was like, I want it to be my doctor. Like, Idon, what the hell is wrong with you? You, why didn't you bring your doctor? Like, you said you were going to. But no, because this, this person's renowned, has known Celine's family a long time, blah, blah, blah. And I'm so sick of her calling her Celine Jim, too. No, she is just Celine Jim. Oh, to I you. know. She needs to just call her Celine. Uh huh. Yeah. They need to stop with how friendly she is with, with yes, Celine. Yes. I agree. And hopefully, I wouldn't hate if Idon is the one who figures out, uh, uncovers whatever it is. I that hope Celine she is. is doing. And I hope she feels all the guilt that comes with that, that she left yeah. her son to the wolves, quite literally. Yeah. Like, mm hmm. So, so. The, he comes out with the doctor and he's kind of like, I, look, I don't have any questions. I don't know why you all are bothering with any of this. I mm-hmm. have to go to the work. Go to and, work. So and Edda has showed up at one point too. Right. Yeah. Right. And she's like, yeah, I want to hear from somebody who's not biased. Although. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll although, see about that. We'll see. It's just too fishy that Selena's had her hand in all of his medical care. Like, well, and then when the doctor starts telling them about what's going on and that the memories that he lost are ones that – weren't necessarily solidified and she's celine basically implies oh so it's the memories that weren't very important to him right uh-huh. and then edda looks at her like yeah oh my gosh you freaking idiot uh-huh. <laughs> if looks could kill mm-hmm. but he kind of negates that and he's like right. no no there aren't any clear answers he's just lucky he's young right. he's strong he may or may not get the memories back right we really can't tell the brain is still a huge mystery to the medical community which yep. is true Yes, and this is the moment where Snake Celine reveals that Idon knew mm-hmm, that she, he was alive mm. and she didn't bother to tell Ida. No, because look at Idon Hanum. He's so much better than he was when I first called you. So don't mm-hmm. lose hope. Yeah. And I love that Edda waits until Celine leaves, though. She mm-hmm. doesn't just lose it right then. No. She waits for Celine to leave because she has to get back to the company. And she lets Idon come up to her and yep. be like, Eda Jim, mm-hmm. I, you know how much I believe in yours and Serkan's love. I know that he'll remember you eventually. I, I love you hope. like a daughter. Uh-huh. You and were the only one with me who didn't give up hope. Ugh. Ugh. And oh, good for Eda. She just says, you didn't tell me Serkan was alive. And she's like, you made, he made me swear not to tell anybody. And she's like, uh, excuse me, am I anyone? anybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you had told me, if you had just told me, that would be enough. I was going crazy for two months. And sh- this is her whole excuse of I lost a son. In that moment, I would have done anything he asked. Blah, blah, nope. blah, blah. I love nope. you like a daughter. No, no, no. And good old Eda, she says, if you really loved me, you wouldn't have been a spectator to the pain that I suffered. The fact that we know she locked herself in her room and refused to eat and drink for whatever period of time until yeah. Denise came and helped, like, at least get her to be a part of her routine and all yep. this stuff. Like, you watched that. There yeah. is no excusing that. I'm yeah. sorry. There is no excusing that. Yeah. Like, there – and I, I, I just I hate every part of this particular story – this mm-hmm. particular storyline. So this is when we kind of touched on this too. Farid tries to warn yeah. Celine. He's like, if I were you, I wouldn't get used to this situation. He will yeah. remember Edda. Yep. And 
I don't op- she's swimming in dangerous waters. Yep. I don't operate under hypotheticals. Again, another clue where it's like, yeah, because it seems like as far as you're concerned, this isn't a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, this is when she's like touching his chest and like, seems like you're just jealous. Jaren walks up right at that moment. So it doesn't look great. Yeah. Um, to Farid's defense, though, Jaren should have stuck around and like let him explain what was happening. Like, actually, I was trying to help your friend by telling her to like back off of Sercon. Like, so. Well, and Jaren knows Celine too. Right. Exactly. So I would have hoped better for her yeah. to not anticipate. To, to not think the worst of, Ferry, right. of right. the two of them in that situation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I was bugged a little bit by that. But, Me too. Um, so there's a literal run-in between Ed Sarah because Edda comes into the office and all the flowers and stuff are gone. Also, mm-hmm. high, huge plot hole I have to point out. Um, Sarah Khan only started working in that conference room because of Edda's um, claustrophobia. So he would want to be back upstairs in his office not in the conference room office. Like, he would not even understand why he was using the conference room as his office. That's yet, a good point. Yet that's what he's laying claim to. What he should have done was been like, yeah, I'll, like, I'll be I'll up in – I'll go back to my office. I'm up in my office. I don't need to share this conference room with you. That's a good point. So anyways, he <laughs> is like, I had all your stuff moved up to the office that your grandmother got plenty of use out of. And she is, they have this whole argument, you know, because he talks about right. his flower allergy and if you really knew me. And she's like, actually, I do know you. And none of the, basically she had all hypoallergenic plants in there. This is what I think is going to be one of the small details. Uh-huh. So yeah, so. she's like, no, I, you don't have an allergy because none of these are allergy like I inducing them specifically because mm-hmm. i know about your allergy mm-hmm. yeah and so uh you know but they argue and he's basically saying how she like drove the company into the ground she's like i did everything i could to keep it afloat and i even won an award thank you very much right and then they have the whole grandmother argument like you can use that office i hear your grandmother got plenty of good use out of it and she's like i've already made it clear to you that i'm not my grandmother but of course you don't remember that Mm-hmm. So then <laughs> he gets his laptop mm-hmm. and funny, he can't remember his password. Uh-huh. And Edda is like, oh, hmm, interesting. Well, I can help you if you want. And he's like, no, no, I'll be fine. I'll remember it. It's, of course, I would know my own password. I just must have typed it in wrong. Yeah. So eventually he ends up being like, crap, I have to ask for her help. So he's like, well, can you help me? And she's like, oh, well, can you ask me politely, please? I love this so (laughs) much because I'm like, yes, this is early episode Edda, like making him like – be Work polite and yeah. just like be a human like yep. mm-hmm. so he's like please can you help me and tell me my password and she's like oh i'm sorry i'm so far away i can't hear you <laughs> <laughs> so good again she's got very few cards to play so yeah she has so got she, to play them she makes him say it three or four times and then finally she's feeding it to him one number at a time pretty much because she's kind of hoping that he'll just remember. Right. It's another thing that she's just desperately trying. Mm-hmm. So finally, at the last number, she's like, you really don't remember. And he's like, no. So she gives him that final one. Um, and then she, he's like, oh, I guess it's coordinates to somewhere or something. Yeah. And she's, he's like – that's that seems ridiculous and she's like don't call it ridiculous you that's those are the coordinates of the star that you bought for me mm-hmm. and, and this was kind of funny because Sarah Khan's like 
oh, I bought you a star. Me, I bought Edda Yildiz a star. Like, how ridiculous that I would buy you a star. You're Mm -hmm. kidding me, right? I would never do something so stupid. Mm -hmm. And so she ends up just getting fed up. And he he's like, well, I'm changing this password right now to something that I'll remember. Yeah. And he goes in to start to change it. But he can't remember what his actual password is because you always have to put in your old password first. Uh-huh. So he's like, okay, of course I can remember this. And she is just upset and she gets up right. and she walks out. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, now that – so they're kind of having a venting session – Melo, Edda, and Jaren. Mm-hmm. It all kind of boils down to Celine and yeah, the fact they that they want to kill Celine. They all want to drown her in a spoon of water. <laughs> and so Edda's like, as much talks about how he's a sleeping prince. I need to wake him up tonight. Right. If I'm going to do something drastic, and if he doesn't remember, then basically, like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just wrote this next scene: Pearl, honey, do better. You don't hold your best friend's hand when she's talking about the second chance she is going to have, as it's literally shattering the woman this man actually loves. Like, yeah. sorry, didn't like this at all. I, she starts to try to tell Celine, like, Celine, listen, you mm-hmm. know how much they love each other. But then as soon as Celine's like, yes, but I got a second chance, and I'm who he remembered, and I'm who he called, and I'm not and leaving I've him. I've learned from my mistakes. Right. Right. And then Pearl's like, hmm, and just holds her hand. And I'm like, what is this? No. Yeah. So, okay. So then, um, sorry, the second fragment just came out and people are pissed. So part of me is like, I'm glad that maybe we didn't watch this before uh, recording this because it seems like they're going to turn Jaren into like a little brat who's pissed at Edda about God knows what. So, well. We don't have to talk about we're we this is already gonna be a super long episode. I'm I know, sure. I know. So, so anyways, um it's party time. It's party time. It's so, awkward party time. It, yes. And Celine won't leave his side. She's like, Ashkam, we can go whenever you want. And he's like, Well, like Yeah, I wonder why she wants him to leave all mm-hmm. of these people who care about him yeah. who might jog his memory about certain things. Well, and he's like, Yeah, it is really awkward being here with a bunch of people who I don't actually know, but they know me. But you know, he's like, but it's polite, whatever. Like, so yeah. clearly he doesn't seem to really want to be there either. But right. He's there to be polite. So, um, you know, everyone's wondering when Ed is going to show up. Like, you know, they're like, well, she said she would. But, you know, who knows? Because Idon's like, is she coming? And I'm like, well, it wouldn't. It'd be your fault that she's not. Yeah. Um, All this stuff. Well, uh, some time has passed. And enter our stone cold fox that she is. Oh, yeah. And And Serkan is not unaffected. Yeah. Let's talk about that involuntary Full body check and clenched jaw. Uh-huh. And his and then, eyes sweep her like three times. Like Yeah. And Celine mm-hmm. sees all this and he kind of coughs. Like, uh-huh. And said, like, oh, are we literally <laughs> choking on our attraction, Sarkon? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so, of course, also I love that she's in all black. Yes. And it's and he chokes when she takes her jacket off. That's like mm-hmm. even, oh, I love it all. I love it. And of course, master manipulator Celine is like, we can leave anytime you want. Do you want to go? Of course, because she doesn't like the way that he's looking at Edda. But I love that now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, all these people are here for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we should stay a while. And I'm like, oh, really? And what? Why do you think you're saying that, Sarah Kwan? I don't even think he knows why he's saying that. Yep. And he gets we get more of a yellow dress flashback and the pool yes. and the pool flashback. 
Yeah, which of course, that's a high correlation between seeing Edda and having a flashback. So, oh, 100%. Serkan is definitely going to start noticing that he's getting these flashbacks at specific times. Mm-hmm. And this is little detail, small detail number two of the Carpaccio. Okay, listen, we're going to, we got permission. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, so funny. The, yeah, so because, I'm sorry, like this reaction is just all of us when this yes. moment happened. Yep. Like, you know, because of course, uh, what happens? Uh, so she, Celine's like, oh, do you want some of this? And he's like, oh, the carpaccio. And Ada comes over and she's like, uh, Serkan isn't going to eat that. And, and Celine, of course, is like, uh, Serkan loves carpaccio. <laughs> and Ada's like, well, Alex uses this type of, this particular type of spice and Serkan isn't going to eat that. And Celine is just, silent she doesn't uh-huh. have anything to say mm-hmm. and it's funny because Serkan even looks a little confused like, like oh <laughs> she knows that uh-huh mm-hmm. exactly so yeah so we all had this exact same collective reaction Yeah, because she doesn't know yeah. that. <laughs> yep. uh, so the black and the DZ, she definitely uh, summarized up exactly how we all felt in that yep. moment. Um, and you're totally right about the whole small detail, big difference thing. Like now I'm just seeing that like mm-hmm. because that is a small detail, but it's just like the bread crust and things like that. Yep. Like. They're, they are big differences. Mas- if she, if Ada were the master manipulator, why would she care what spices he likes and doesn't uh-huh. like? Uh huh. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, at at one point, finally, for whatever reason, Celine steps away because Ada's just been waiting for her moment. Like yeah. she needs to to try something big and desperate, mm-hmm. and he finally steps away, and Jaren kind of pushes her mm-hmm. towards him. Like, okay, this is your chance. Oh Go. My gosh. Jaren in her Princess Peach <laughs> Why did they do that to her? She's not a Mario character. <laughs> Look up Princess Peach. I'm not even kidding. I know you're I know. I know. You're right. Anyway. <laughs> but God bless her. She pushes her friend towards yes. him. And so she goes and sits down and she tries to start lighthearted, like, oh, do you remember mm-hmm. Chef Alexander? Yeah. Um and you know, he's like, well, I know of him, but I don't remember meeting him. And she's like, well, I can help remind you if you'd like. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, all of a sudden, he, he, we hear a heart, we as the audience yes. hear a loud heartbeat and he clutches his chest and he's like, pardon, like, and you see, it only takes about half a second for Edda to realize exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. She gets almost this like very, not satisfied because obviously she's still struggling, but right. satisfied mm-hmm. look. Because she knows and she just kind of gives him a look and she's like, <laughs> Serkan, like, the mind may forget, but the heart doesn't. And yep, she puts her hand over his where he's clutching his heart. Mm-hmm. And I love that this is a callback to that note, you know, about the little prince, you know, uh, the what is what is um, essential is invisible to the eye. 
mm-hmm. you know, seeing things with your heart. That's literally what she's asking him to do. Yeah. Because she says, your heart remembers me. Mm-hmm. And then she kisses him. She yanks him in for a kiss. Yep. And he does not pull away. And he doesn't. He's a strong man. He could have pushed her <laughs> off within half a second. And he looks very befuddled after she pulls away. Yes. Like his eyes look very much like they did in episode one and episode like episode one after she kissed him, but also episode 11 after he kissed her and she didn't like slap him right away like he was possibly expecting. Like he's just, he's stunned. Like he's he's stunned. And he's shaken too, Mm -hmm. which (laughs) his next actions are a direct result of that, I Mm -hmm. think. Oh, they 100% are. Because he even says, he says, you already confused me once. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like, I can't, he's like, I, I can't do this. I'm, right. I'm going to put an end to this right now. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I have to go. And he leaves her just sitting there. Well, and what's very interesting and key about this too is him saying, uh-uh, you confused me once, means he was already starting to feel something then. Yep. Because otherwise he would have been like, Hmm, I don't see how you were able to confuse me before because this did nothing for me. Exactly. So he clearly is already starting to feel something. Yeah, at some point, he has already felt something in regards to her. Yep. And this kiss only solidified that. Yeah. And because it's not familiar, because Mm -hmm. it's not part of the things that didn't change for him, he's Mm -hmm. running scared. Yep. And so and again, gi- during this whole speech that he's giving, <laughs> he's looking at Edda. He's not only he's looking at Edda, but to literally listen, this is what he said. Like every girl's dream proposal oh, right here. Yeah. Yeah. Because he says <laughs> as speak tell us the to, to tell to, us the sonnets that he uh-huh, that he to, speaks right now. Uh-huh. Like so Basically, he thanks everyone for coming. As you all know, I've had this head injury and the recovery has been hard and all this stuff, which, you know, that's all fine and sweet. Sure. But then he's like, thank you, but my head is so confused and because I need to put an end to this confusion. So I have something to share. And as he's looking at Edda, he says, Celine, will you marry me? And then finally glances over to the woman he's proposing to. Now, if that's not every woman's dream to, to be, to be because you just want to end the confusion in your head uh-huh. while staring at another woman who just kissed you. And, and what and a dream the, proposal. Even the look that he gives Celine after, he doesn't even his there's no love in his eyes. No, there's not. <laughs> and it's just proof again of his little fluff brain because he's like, Oh, this is logical. Let uh-huh. me let me propose to the woman who is mm-hmm. I, you know, my only link to Uh my past and reality. Uh And this, yes, right decision. This is right decision. I propose to (laughs) Celine. (laughs) Like the robot he is. Yeah. He's like, what are, (laughs) what are feelings? I can't, (laughs) cannot compute. Let me propose to Celine. And because the way Celine painted it for him when she was first telling him all this was, you never gave me hope for marriage. So I moved on to Ferry. So like his thing is like, okay, let's end this confusion. I never, I'm confused about this girl right here, but also I can't lose what's familiar. And because I didn't give her hope of marriage before, I better do that Mm -hmm. now. Like, that is what is running all of this. And it's just. Well, and what Celine told him is, is, 
you know, you were confused, you were manipulated, uh-huh. you thought all this stuff was true, no, that wasn't love, that wasn't this, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, he's like, mm-hmm. well, crap, she's, now I'm feeling it's the same It's working again. It's working Ex- again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what is this power she has over me? Yep. Yep. Right. So, of course, yeah, honestly, what he did made total sense. It totally um, tracks. Which is why I really do make it a point to watch this episode, any episode, more than once. Because, yes. honestly, my first watch, I was pissed. I hated oh, yeah, me it. Too. All that, but honestly, now you know where we all stand on amnesia. I hate amnesia. However, yeah. this is where we are. We can't do anything right, about that exactly. now. Exactly. We might as well embrace it and right. move forward. So, if I'm going to embrace it and move forward, because mm-hmm. I do love these characters, I love this show. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I feel like some of the stuff has like disconnected from, you know, I think that's just. I honestly think that's just a reality in DZ land we need to yeah. accept. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, There's going to be these wild left turns. Right. So we need to just grab on. Yes. And we need yes. to hang right. on yes. we either, as best we can. Right. We either need to, yeah. Or gra- bail out. Yes. Grab the bull by the <laughs> horns or jump ship. Like those are the two yeah. options. And honestly, mm-hmm. whichever one you do is perfectly fine. Totally. Um, but yeah, I was like, honestly, like, okay, we just need to embrace this from here on out. Because here's right. the thing. I am an angst whore, and there was some really great angst in this right. episode, and it was very well played, and mm-hmm. I do love that stuff. Yeah. Um, so my thing is like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just am like, nope, I'm just, I'm on board. I'm here for it. I'm on board. So, mm-hmm. and while, yes, there are going to be things, because even in the early episodes, there was stuff, you know, that I was like, what the heck? Why are they taking so long with this? So it's not like, the early episodes were perfection either. Like, they right. had their flaws. Because it was, like, me, every episode from, like, episode seven on, I'm like, I'm not waiting 11 episodes for them to get together. And right. every week, I'm like, they're going to get together this week. And <laughs> how long did it take? 11 episodes. But you know uh-huh. what? But you know what? Every bit of buildup to those 11 episodes was so good. So right. it's like, you know what? Me being, like, he better get his memory back next episode. He better that like, you know what? If he does, I will rejoice. I will love it. But the other part of me too is like, you know what? If he doesn't, I know I'm going to embrace it when he does. Like, and I know it's going to be this like flood of emotion right. and all this. Like, there's going to be an emotional payoff for it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Just talk, like I said, talking to that girl, very sweet. Um, and very gen- generous in sharing that with us. That helped me watching it again and really trying to understand everybody's perspectives here, except for Celine's because she doesn't deserve understanding. Um, Idon kind of doesn't either. But, you know, I don't know. I was just like, th- this was filled with the sort of angst and stuff I did love in the early episodes. It's just mm-hmm. harder because the angst was two-sided back then because they were both struggling with their feelings and they both had the – they both had their memories intact. Like they were experiencing the same things and remembering it. Um, So this is just a different sort of angst because it's not, it's, it's not really equal angst. Um, Right. And so, you know, it makes it harder, but then I'm just like, oh my gosh, like when he remembers, he is going to be so angry at Celine. He's going to be so pissed. He's going to be so broken over what Edda has been through. He's going to blame himself for even thinking it was smart to leave on their wedding day instead of just lose the job or pay the penalty or whatever it was going to be. Like, yep, there's just going to be all this stuff that I'm like, 
that then they're going to have to like work through. And the fact of the matter is like we wouldn't get any of that like emotional angsty goodness mm-hmm. with without amnesia. Like none of that – It we just wouldn't. Like there's no other way to, to – play out what they're playing out right now right. without him having lost his memory. So, like, it really it, – yeah. So, you know, I just am, like, I'm I'm embracing the rest of this. Like, <laughs> I'm just – I have to. I want to. Yeah. Like, I'm here for the ride. So I'm just holding on for – holding on for dear life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, like I said, there we've only seen the first fragment because the second one released while we were recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm going to watch it, but um, I'm really curious now just based on the comments in our Facebook group. I'm like a little scared, but um, it looks like the yellow dress is making a comeback officially, mm. uh, which that's what he keeps flashing to the most. So, yes, I think that's going to be a really good thing. Um, and. Yeah, like I just honestly, my biggest thing is because I know he's going to get his memory back. I know they're going to work through this and they're going to find their way back to each other. I just honestly, my number one biggest request is that Celine gets what's coming to her. Mm-hmm. That is that will be the at, from here on out. I other than like, um, I think that would be the only thing to really like everything else. I think I can embrace and I can just be along for the ride for and like the. Because we're probably going to get some jealous Sercon as things come rushing back. Like, we're going to maybe mm-hmm. get some more of that drain the pool energy that we love so much. I'm all for that. I just need – she cannot just slink off into her – back into her evil cave without any sort of um, retribution. Like, she mm-hmm. – I and I don't know what that's going to be, but I just hope that they are going to give us something really good and delicious for her. And then I, I will be – I so. I will be thrilled. So, Yeah. Anyways, um, I think that's everything. If it's not, sorry. I think this is the longest episode we have ever done on this show on Senchal Kapama because we are at – I think we're pushing three hours right now. Holy cow. Uh, even episode 11, which we loved and and just waxed poetic about, I think that was like two hours and 40 minutes. I'm pretty sure we're at like two hours and 55 minutes right now. So, <laughs> Well, there was a lot to – discuss there really there really was there was just so much to work through and break down and um yeah so anyways i hope because i know there were obviously a lot of big feelings after this episode so hopefully anything we said or shared maybe helps offer some perspective give you some hope for the future um anything like that how you know because yeah i think we're gonna be in for it for the next couple of weeks uh angst and all this stuff wise but I think after this, I'm I'm hopeful that they're also going to give us more comedic relief as he's coming more and more to himself. And like, you know, we're going to have some good like bantery stuff more than we are going to have these like broken glass breaking, um, you know, stuff like that. So I'm going to yeah. hold out hope for that. But anyways, so um, yeah, I think that's it. And uh, yeah, we'll be here. I I think I'm live watching this Saturday. I think I am too. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll both maybe we'll both be around on Instagram stories with all yeah. of our our feelings and craziness. But um, yeah, thank you guys so much for uh, listening. Thank you for riding this wave with us every single week. Our crazy changing emotions from mm-hmm. one watch to another. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really fun. So uh, even all the even the angering stuff, it's all been it's all been fun. I have just. This is, I think, too, because it's our very first DZ watching 
from start to finish all like live in real time in real yeah. time there's just and when it it happening when it did all you know in the middle of 2020s chaos and all of that yeah. i don't know i just feel like there's like a bond within this fandom that there hasn't been in other ones maybe um yeah and yeah so and i think that even just reflects in with the show and the cast and all of that too so there's just something special about this and yeah i'm not quite ready to let go of it yet so mm-hmm. i'm just i'm here for whatever we have left of it so Anyways, we love you guys. Uh, Links all in the episode notes, good subtitle files uh, linked in the podcast notes. And he just added a feature where you can sign up for email notifications. Mm -hmm. So anytime there's a new sub file released, you'll get an email notification to just click and visit and download it. So then you don't even have to check and refresh the website. So, uh, which is really awesome. So anyways, all of our social media, all that stuff, just like every week, it's in the episode notes. We love you guys so much. Um, And yeah, we'll be around. So until next time. Gritter shitters. Host to call. (laughs) 